0: Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Ordinary People, Extraordinary Stories. My name's Tristan, and I have to say tonight's episode I'm very, very excited about. He's the original guitarist for Skylit Drive, who's done the first three albums for the band, but more importantly, is actively touring with all original members. His name is Joey Wilson, and he gives us a bit of a backstory, if you will. His time before the band, his time during, and his time after when he left. He's also a new dad right now, and that it has its own sets of challenges, too. But tonight's episode, we get to really find out. Is it truly really a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll? Well, let's find out. So, if you're ready, go ahead and get comfy. Sit back. Put your earbuds on. Maybe grab your sister's pair of skinny jeans and get ready for another ordinary person with an extraordinary story. I'm not sure if you want to talk about this, but um, funny enough, when uh, you started uh, doing your sobriety, it's also the same time I started doing my sobriety, I'm actually uh, five weeks
1: of uh, marijuana free. Whoa, dude. Did you realize you were completely powerless over the confines of THC? It,
0: you know what? It, I admitted I had a problem and yeah. uh, I uh, went toward a higher power to give me the strength to turn from the higher power.
1: Mhm. Yes, God to grant you the serenity, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar.
0: Inventory's okay. coming up and then I got to make my amends. Uh well, let's I mean if we can talk, I guess seriously about that. It's like cuz I yeah. do think it's a little silly to to get sobriety from weed, but I I do think if you do it too much it can be a problem.
1: Wait, why is that silly to get sobriety from weed in your opinion?
0: Because I think it's like it's 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 ridiculously less severe than the hard shit like meth or heroin or alcohol like i think that's way more addicting than just weed
1: granted i mean it is i would say it's less addicting i wouldn't actually say it's less addicting i would say that the i mean you don't get withdrawal you don't kick hella hard off weed where you're like shit in your pants and dying for three weeks you know exactly but i would say that I think people are just as reliant on weed as other drugs, though. It's just a less hard. It's like a medium rare compared to like. Well done, you know, absolutely. And like it's know, better. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that's kind of why I wanted to stay away from it for a second, because I. It weed can have a lot of good and I'm not anti weed. If anyone really listens to this, I'm, I'm I love love the, the hashish, the ganja, all that fun shit.
1: I'm not um, anti either. Yeah, I don't but, smoke weed, but I used to. Yeah,
0: but it's just it. I, I kind of felt like it was just I was using it too much to escape, too much to the point where I don't think I could have enjoyed anything unless I was
1: high. Like, did you did you wake up and smoke, and every time before you eat, you smoke, and before you drive, you smoke one of those? You no, know, I really I was I was good enough to keep it
0: till just to the weekends, but like oh, wow. anytime I did something fun, I was smoking weed. So I associated fun with smoking weed or like I would do something and it just wouldn't hit the same. Like I remember me and my wife's anniversary, we went horseback riding and I couldn't stay present in it. Like I, I was like, I'm riding this big ass horse. This is awesome. But like, I was just thinking like this thing's going to end soon, you know, Or it's
2: going
0: to be done in like 10 minutes and then it's, it's, it's gone forever. I couldn't be in it. And I, I feel better for kicking it, but it's just kind of, I guess I feel silly as far as like, I don't know if I, if I can smoke anymore, just because like I, I don't want to say I'm dependent on it, but it, it does get to the point where it's like, I could very easily just get sucked into it again and just start doing it all the time.
1: Dude, to me, if you only smoked on weekends, I don't think you were like crazy dependent on weed. You know, I think you were in your own head, which is how I was with alcohol too. Like, that I'm the fun drunk guy and I have a great time when I'm drunk and people like me when I'm drunk and want to hang out with me when we drink, you know? And so I felt like maybe I was only cool when I was like getting hammered or going out, you know,
0: dude or yes. something. I don't know. No, like, you're, No, you're right. A hundred percent. I, um, I, I had an issue where like I, I would smoke weed. And like when I was doing stand up, I would like write comedy bits and I'd write really funny shit. But I, just like you said, I would, I would become that, I can only be funny. I can only be that cool guy, that party guy. If I smoke, I'm, I'm a wet blanket when I'm, you know, sober, but it,
1: yeah, dude, I'm way more quiet when I'm sober. I mean, I still talk a shit ton, but compared to like drunk Joey, you know, and when Joey drinks, he also does other things that speed him up usually. So, stuff. you know, but not every time, but sometimes, you know, and I don't know, it's, I actually haven't really had to test myself yet with sobriety. Like, i'm over a month now but i haven't really been anywhere i was a drink i drink by myself all the time though too because my Mm. fiance doesn't drink so right i she'd come up from work and i'd be fucking hammered sometimes you know she'd be like you just drink by yourself and i'd be like the fucking diner game was on of course (laughs) i drank come on man yeah up six points man i gotta like like, i gotta
0: keep the mojo going
1: yeah, she's like you ordered a pizza and ribs. I'm like, "And I'm barbecuing. I'd spend like $200, dude, during a fucking football game on DoorDash orders and shit, you know, but um yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. I got that show on the 15th like we were saying earlier and I think I know I'll be fine. I know I'm not going to drink, but I know it's going to be hard, you yeah. know.
0: And 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 just it kind of creeps and I mean it's like it's not like i've had addictions to other stuff i remember i used to smoke cigarettes and that was kind of a bit harder to kick like it was like this nasty craving that just like it was like almost like you remember that scene in american werewolf in london when like it's just like it's just changing and just turning into a horrible monster i feel like like <laughs> that was constantly in the back with cigarettes but um
1: oh yeah just, i still smoke i vape i don't which is super lame i might uh, still smoke cigs but hey i it's, think it's got to be better than cigs dude I mean, have you gone to the
0: doctor recently? I mean, besides for (laughs) the other thing we were talking about.
1: Yeah, I'm fine, dude. Yeah, I'm fine. I have to get physicals every year. I'm still kicking, you know.
0: Hey, at least you're doing that. I can't remember last time I went to a doctor. Well, hey, um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, You know, you came to the right place for sobriety conversations and uh, physicals. Yeah. my name's uh, tristan welcome to ordinary people extraordinary stories uh i am so pumped to have my guest here today i um i'm gonna tell you a story kind of like how i met met you just so the audience though it was uh we, we worked at a call center called blank i had another person on the cast that was also there and we what? held a name we had a name dropped. so i'm gonna remember <laughs> not to do that <laughs> god yeah. forbid we get sued or something but we were in the same interview class we were like in this giant. Like what was it? Like a pyramid cubicle
1: thing? There's like a bunch of stairs and like 30 of us. Oh yeah, you brought the fucking Ghostbusters toy, and I thought you were hell a weird for bringing oh. a Ghostbusters toy, dude. Our shot glass, what was it?
0: It was it what, dude?
1: Your great memory. It was. Yeah. It was
0: a Slimer uh, Ghostbusters shot glass. It was exactly it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so
0: I, silly, I didn't dude. I didn't have anything in my car like the I my dad got it for me. And I was just like, okay, sure, why not? And it's it I mean it, it worked, but uh. You thought it was hello. I'm, you're not wrong.
1: I'm very,
2: Dude, very, I weird. feel
1: like you forgot that that was part of it to bring an item. And so you just grabbed something that was in your glove box and you're like, I'll fucking freestyle That's, this real quick. Oh, ab- absolutely money. But for yeah.
0: you, though, I just remember, I mean, I see this guy, all hella fucking tattoos, and uh, he brings this, uh, uh, this 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 guest pass, this VIP pass, and this lanyard. And he's saying, like, yeah, I used to be part of a band. And, you know, it's a tour I, pass. Yeah. Oh, well, I, the whole thing yeah. is I've never, I guess, met someone who's kind of got big in a band. It's always been like, oh, yeah, I, I played some local shows, though. But then when you told me about uh, the, your band, Skylet Drive, that's yeah. my friend Joey's from Skylet Drive. Uh, I told a bunch of people who did listen to your stuff and they're like, holy shit, like you work with them. And um, we just at the very end, you remember we were just talking about horror movies for like it was like 10,
1: 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I do. That was when you were in there. I actually was the last person to be interviewed and they forgot about me for an hour in that what room by fuck? myself dude yeah That's i okay. remember um tanika right yeah the dude with the crazy stories about reviving hamsters multiple times um he he's <laughs> have, like a, cool a matthew guy.
0: mcconaughey kind of thing with the hamsters like is that why he kept did, bringing dude. it up oh, he had
1: something man and what? he came in there and was like oh you're still i was like still waiting to get interviewed and he was like dude those have been over for like an hour and i was like Jeez. no one ever came to get me and Bmac and <clears throat> isaac isaac yeah they came and got me and did an interview and i could tell they were like oh sorry it took so long and then isaac was like we just like to be very thorough with people and i was like nah your boss already told me you forgot about me but i didn't say that <laughs> i didn't say that in the interview you know i was like i didn't i you didn't want to do that damn out.
0: job that's why you couldn't just mess with that i got you i got you well and yeah. it's so funny because it's such like that place to like oh we just forgot i mean it I definitely Jeez. miss that place for sure. sure but I like that it, place man. was like kind of sketch in other places. But
1: yeah, I had a good time there, dude. Especially when I went to I mean, I don't want to get too too into it. I'll stop there, but I had a good time there, man. It's probably one of my favorite jobs for sure. Oh
0: yeah. It's the fun Fridays. And and you know what? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean that's that's the cool thing though. It's like I, I met you. You were really cool. Uh we were in the same class. Um, again, you're insanely humble. And I remember I occasionally I need rides and you would always just you know if you could like without blinking twice like okay come on like the moment it hit closing time you're like get the fuck off the computer log out of that shit i'm trying to go home start my start my night off and you just always did that and i just and now you're on my podcast just you know Full funny start, how though, shit works though but um yeah my name my friend here is joey everyone say hi joey hi joey
3: hi, hi. but um well yeah i
0: um Gosh, I I'm I how do I put this? You're an enigma wrapped in a myth, wrapped in a legend. You <laughs> got a very eclectic uh kind of interest. I, I remember we had many fun conversations of conspiracy theories and spirituality in your car. And um Oh yeah. And I I don't even know you're the kind of guy that would sell like ice to Eskimos. And like ridiculously high set hype it up. Like you'd be like, bro, like have you tried this thing called ice, man? Like, you gotta you gotta dude, get this, man.
1: Weirdly enough, I had a job close to that. I had to sell overpriced organic produce to rich people. Oh and boy. it was just like regular produce, dude. But I was like, it's like five times more expensive. Hey, but here's why. It's from a <laughs> local farm. Hey, you had to really pitch it, you know? And I was the number when I started working there the first three months, I was the number one salesperson for like the whole company out of like three states and shit so i definitely could sell sell things to people
0: legally i'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out like so so i guess how did joey come to be because i mean you're silver tongue rock star Mm -hmm. now a dad i mean like where i guess i don't know what was little joey like like was he always like this
1: um no little well yeah yes and no little joey was always getting with older chicks when i was three i had a six-year-old girlfriend and who would buy me things like bouncy balls and like video games and stuff and boring. yeah shout out chris ann i don't know where she's at these days you know she's got to be about 37 now somewhere around there um but i was super into video gaming so i was like i i have pictures of me beating the mario duck hunt game like the credit scene before my third birthday so i was like obsessed with video games and my mom did a daycare at home so i was always playing with kids but um it was sports and games dude those and like you know skateboarding kind of shit too and those are like the main things that i was really into like i was really good at basketball and shit and baseball but then i also like loved games dude And i think the games is like almost goes hand in hand with music in a way with me because i got obsessed with it and then when i was like How old was I? I was in like fifth or sixth grade and I got like a shitty guitar that I still have in my room right now with me. Okay. So so you have that guitar still? (laughs) Do you ever occasionally play it, fuck around with it? No, it's so fucked. It needs (laughs) to be like it needs like a truss rod adjustment. It's like a hosed guitar, you know, now. And it was only like probably like sixty dollars from Walmart back in like Walmart guitar the the year like nineteen ninety-six, you know, or seven or something. But um I don't know. I started my sister had some friends over who were like really into like blink when eighty two and shit, like I was, you know, mm-hmm. when I was a little kid and um they taught me some power chords, dude. Just like I was like, I don't know how to play this thing. And he was like, dude, here's how you play power chords. And that That's was sick. it, bro. That was it. And he was like, Yeah, we had like I'm pretty sure sh- we still had dial up internet. This was like the dial up <laughs> was the only thing you could get, you know? Exactly. Only, la- only like businesses and shit had like um like DSL and stuff back then, you know. And so it was called, yeah, it was DSL. It turned into that Dick perverted term. What? No, it was something direct, <laughs> whatever it was, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I remember he was like, yo, check out this shit. It's called Tabs, you know, T-A-B-S. And he's like, it's like the easiest way to learn how to play guitar. And he taught me how to read tabs for five minutes. Heck and yeah. like, and like six days later, I'd already started a band. It was like covering songs basically. You how know? old were you when you were doing that? Dude, by the time oh how old are you in seventh grade uh like uh 12 13 in seventh grade no you're like 11 or 12 fine fine one year. so i was was probably like like 11 11, i was probably like 11 or somewhere around there yeah okay okay yeah makes sense i uh,
0: yeah so that's that started the musical journey and i mean like then you had the gaming and the sports though which I just kind of say it's always the case, like people who are huge sports nuts are also nerds for video games. I think it's just the whole like it's playing something. It's it's beating something, whether it's beating somebody in a basketball or football game or, you know, being someone on a console, you
1: know, it maybe has like similar avenues. I think it does, because also you're obsessed. First of all, if you like sports and you're really into it, like I am like i'll study defenses watch tape like how players do and shit after games like i'm like really into it you know mm-hmm. so i can i don't know it's just been a hobby of mine i'll explain more why i'm so into it probably but um you love statistics okay if you love sports you yeah. love you love strategy right mm-hmm. and those type of things are automatically in most video games That's you know
0: absolutely true talking about strategy 100 so,
1: yeah and so it's like maybe It does. Maybe sports and games are for nerds, you know? But the sporting (laughs) part, there's two types of nerds. One of them is, like, the one that's, like, it's, like, cool to, like, nerd out on sports and be super into it, you know? But then there's, like, then those type of nerds, like the sports nerds, will think that game nerds are kind of whack, right? If they're, like, too into, like, if you're into, like, magic the gathering and, like, Pokemon cards (laughs) and shit like that, which, like, I'm into that stuff, too, so I'm not bagging on it but it comes to a point where you can get so nerdy though, that you become badass. Like mm. I've had nerds like talk shit to me. Like they'll ask me a question. I'll be like, I don't know. And they'll like, I'll start laughing at me. Fucking like, nerd. You don't, like, you, don't you
0: don't, know, you didn't
1: you don't, know it. You didn't know the executive producer from Yu-Gi-Oh also did. And I'm like, who the fuck knows that? <laughs> but then I could tell you who the five wide receivers were on the 49ers in 1959. Though. You know what I mean? So I'm sure. like, maybe it does go hand in hand. Like, you can just become badass at being a nerd, dude. Just, I think it's it's cool. the gatekeeping. We uh I, I
0: talked about it in the first episode though. I think it's just like because of being so passionate about something, it just like a nerd quality. People are like, you know what, you have to earn to get this exclusivity. Like you have to fucking <laughs> know yeah. what you're doing though. So
1: yeah, there was um someone explained it to me one time and they said that nerds are the truest, like like to themselves like a lot of people will be into stuff and like fight it you know they're like in the closet about liking like (laughs) fucking shitty movies or like bad (laughs) bands or whatever you know but someone told me once they were like dude nerds have never given a fuck what people think Mm. they've been beat up and made fun of and they don't even start to waver their mindset on the shit that they love you know what i mean like i could tell you i know people that got beat up for being lame that wouldn't like that shit anymore because they got beat up Nerds were like, fuck you. I'm going to be into this more now, you know?
0: I'm going to double down right. on it, though, you know, just like really. I mean, funny enough, you could even go back to even music. Cause I remember, like, I think back in the day when like the emo scene was happening, people were talking like, I was one of them talking mad shit about, oh, emo stupid. It's dumb. It's a bunch of whiny babies cut themselves. Now everyone's a damn emo, man. We guess the whole, uh, when we were young tour, man, like, didn't that thing sell out in like a week, weekend?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah we were actually supposed to play the day before it in vegas at this other festival that had a lot of bands on it too from the mm-hmm. same one and it got canceled recently yeah, i was really sad and we were actually going to play an emo night afterwards i was going to dj do a bunch of shit but um hell yeah oh i was going to say something and now I, I had forgotten keep going
0: if you remember we uh, will we'll backtrack though so okay yeah. so and again i one thing i love to do is i love to kind of like timestamp. Kind of where we are because like that way like the audience can see like what's going on though, like you know our beautiful sexy listeners though so uh middle school you got that guitar you playing power chords though blink one eighty two, you know saying yep. so i won't go turn the lights off carry me home that
1: kind of shit. So- it was that nirvana dude <laughs> shout out music box the little music store in downtown lodi or not even downtown lodi It was close to it just in lodi california um you were like a Lodi
0: Stockton kid weren't you
1: yeah that's where I grew up and um I was born and raised in Stockton but moved to Lodi when I was pretty young you know like to go to like middle school and stuff and um but there was this music box store extremely overpriced but they had tablature books and I used to go buy the tab books for like Nirvana and Blink-182 and shit you know heck yeah yeah if you had like what was like your favorite Nirvana songs to play favorite nirvana song to play dude We're asking
0: the hard questions here man.
1: yeah that's tough because i love them all um good dad answer you're gonna be I you're would, like, what a great I, they're
0: all my favorite <laughs> they're all
1: i would have to say like the most fun to play is probably like just the easy like smells like teen spirits obviously like one of the easiest songs in the world on guitar yeah but like um like, Man Who Sold the World was really easy to play and fun. That's, yeah, love that song. I don't know, man. They're all good. I like them all. Nirvana songs are very easy to play on guitar. Blink one eighty two songs are actually harder than Nirvana songs are. It's because they're faster. It is. And just, like, even, like, What's My Age Again? Like, you're doing this power chord, but then you got to, like, move your pointer finger over one, two, then up two, mm-hmm. and keep it going. And it that was a little harder when I was learning to play guitar than, like, than, like, Smells like teen Spirit power chords, you know. Sure,
0: I don't know. I uh, I think the only um and, and I, I don't know. This is probably like my favorite episode I've done as far as like getting out in the weeds and just talking about side shit though, because uh, I think one yeah. of my uh, I was playing bass and one of my favorite songs to practice was All Apologies. Like, yeah, I love that song. But uh, mm-hmm. okay, so we got cab books, middle school. What's high school Joey looking like?
1: Well, that's where we can circle back to emo, I guess. So. High school Joey started off freshman year, really into. I was really into Rancid, um, Casualties, Operation Ivy. If you know, you yeah. can understand what I'm going with this. And then um, fucking punk rock. Then yeah. I really, really got into AFI, like The Art of Drowning, Black Sails in the Sunset, when those were huge. Right. MXPX was I liked the poppier punk stuff that was kind of like not mainstream but then i liked misfits and af like afis for sure one of my other older shit like their punk stuff's my favorite probably of all time still you know yeah i still listen to art of drowning and all hollows like once a month at least and you got me onto all hollows like i
0: respectfully Mm -hmm. i i was i guess a little sidebar from it though like what was your opinion on i guess miss murder like that was the big radio song that got him big
1: i was sad I was happy for them and sad because then the whole world knew my favorite band was like a mainstream band now, you know? Mm. And I mean, they sold out because they earned it and they earned the money and they earned the fame. And I understand that now I would do the same thing. And you grow as a musician too. A lot of people are like, oh, they sold out. And I'm like, maybe they're tired of writing the same, maybe they're tired of writing the same fucking eight punk rock records in a row too, not getting anywhere, you know, not selling shit. They were obviously getting places, but they weren't, like, selling out arenas with Art of Drowning like they exactly. were with, like, the other stuff. But, I mean, I loved it. And I, I had, like, sp- short, spiky hair into long, like, Liberty spike hair for a while. I Heck wore a yeah. lot of, like, di- like, girl dickies or, like, small dickies, which is, this was 2002. So, okay. when I wore girl pants in high school, I was getting viciously made fun of and bullied by people I, dude th- that's what i want to ask so because i mean you're a yeah. big guy and
0: i think you even played football right
1: no um well yeah but when i was in high school i was not a big guy dude i didn't get to be real like big until like early 20s you know Wow. okay like i was sit in when i was a senior in high school i was 6'1 142 pounds mm-hmm. oh, so oh that's yeah okay that's small dude So you can imagine me like freshman, I was probably like 5'10", like 125, you know? Yeah. I was skinnier than any of the chicks Uh, were wearing pants, you know? Yeah. Was was, anyone
0: like messing with you, though, or like try to fight you or just do dumb shit, you know?
1: Yeah, there was people like that. But my freshman year, I was kind of like punk rock wearing like Dickies and like, like, you know, jean jackets with like fucking patches on it and shit. Yeah. And then when I got to sophomore year, shout out Nathaniel Rader. Good home, you he um He was a big inspiration for a lot of the music that I got into. He kind of brought me into, like, I don't really know a better way to describe it than, like, what became the MySpace bands. Like, <laughs> like I know
0: exactly what you're you know about. what I Keep mean? Going. Keep going.
1: Like, and I mean, we were definitely a huge MySpace band, but it was, like, he got me into, like, um, a lot of grindcore shit like Blood Brothers, Daughters, locusts Um, a lot of like just cool, more. He was into more like hardcore shit than I was like punk rock. Right. So I like the indie punk rock. He liked the indie like hardcore bands, you know. And which I like, you know, fell in love with all of that. And that was a huge like turning point. for The bands I listened to in my life sophomore year I kind of switched it up. Right. But then I started wearing girl jeans and like a girl's hoodie. Now I wasn't cross-dressing, but I was so small that I'd wear an extra small sweatshirt. Okay. Dude. And with a stick you
0: like Teflon, I bet though and looking
1: like they were they were super tight, but then I had I wore like a size two in girl pants, you know? And so I always wore girl pants, bands with like a small little hoodie on, which is exactly how Nate Rader dressed. So I definitely copied. Yeah, I say say copy. I was like inspired. He was, you there know, you there go. was I like that. There inspired. was more people than just him doing this shit. It was out there. But in the small town of Lodi, it wasn't, you know? Yeah. I mean, two of my good friends, I don't want to say who they are, because it bums me out to think about it. They even came up to me, and they were like, dude, if you're gay, like, just tell us, bro. That's fucking, you're just not, and I was like, I'm not fucking gay, dude. They're like, you're wearing girl pants and shaving your legs. And I'm like, and the girls love it, dude. Like, open your eyes.
0: I'm trying to smash puss, dog.
1: Like, I'm doing, like,
0: three four tier level chess man you're doing the bait you're doing checkers man catch
2: up
1: yeah pop. and then a year later every single dude i knew was wearing chick pants you know That's i've funny. always i've always taken the risk to like you know see what's new and cool and like really go for it when i think it's cool you know and hey, if people so it's don't like follow i don't give a fuck it's...
3: dude
1: i've i painted my nails this morning i'm a 34 year old musician fedex driver dad and i painted my right hand it's called um cajun pink and the left hand is called <laughs> Oh
2: yeah dude
1: yeah right hand's cajun or cajun shrimp dude not Ooh, cajun pink that cajun sounds like a shrimp. porn yeah i'll send you a pic later and the left one's called lincoln park after dark and it's like this dude. dark purple black color beautiful but you're, de- you're definitely inspiring for sure like i'm like yeah that, oh man and obviously i'm not the only one to do this but i still you know what i mean well i'm still I, buying skateboards and nail polish i'm 34 i haven't changed that much you know
0: well it's something like and i think it also helps with like the punk rock attitudes it's like it's like going against the grain it's like i don't want to conform i want to do something different i want to do my thing
2: and oh, yeah.
0: it it dude it totally i mean on one side it does get people to notice you and like well i don't like that that's different fuck that let's beat it up but on the other side though you get so much more respect and just people like it more like hell yeah dude that guy's a rebel like it's a badass though i mean like it's it, it takes balls to wear nail polish and fucking girl skinny girl jeans and jackets you know like and we
1: wear a tap out shirt you know but yeah <laughs> yeah which I'm, i'll fuck with that too dude i have it depends on my mood dude i'll fucking cross-dress styles dude i'll be like wearing all sports gear one day and then like Old band tees with ripped up jeans. To the next, you know, I just whatever I'm into at that time. Can't you know?
0: put Joey in a box. Can't yeah, put you him in
1: a box, dude. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I think the whole, the whole emo scene though was fucking rad, dude. And I'm glad it's coming back right now.
2: Oh yeah, it's absolutely. coming
1: back hard. There's the emos, not dead cruise, dude. Have you seen those videos of that guy? Do you know his name? The uh, guy, Matt, Matt Cushel. No, but keep going. Matt Cushel is a fucking brilliant singer. Um, Let me see. Is Matt Cushell. He was in... What band was he in, dude? I'm also... Good. They're called... His new one is called... Um, You're something hero. What are they called, dude? Well, he makes these videos, right? Where his wife is like a famous chick who's on shows too. And he'll walk in and he'll be like, arguing with her and then it'll like break into a Hawthorne Heights song, but he goes from looking like a normal business guy or just a dude, normal dude into videos. scene clothes with the black yeah. hair and he'll okay. have like the black scene hair. Right. Um, and what, what's funny is I started watching these, my chick was showing them to me and someone wrote, he wrote on the, like what band should I do next? You know? Yeah. And someone wrote a Skylit Drive on it. Right. And I was like, oh sick. Someone shouted, you know, gave us a shout-out. That's really cool. And like five minutes later, dude, um, I had looked back to see if anyone had commented on it. Cause I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I saw the tag and stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah. And he wrote on it, dude. I used to fucking listen to a SkyDrive so much. Ah, I haven't heard, heard that band no. name in like ten years, you know? And I was like, Oh shit. And um man, what were his bands called they were called it boys he was in a band called it boys that was pretty big okay. and um is he going to be on or is he the one like kind of uh, organizing that emo cruise um no that's a that cruise is a real thing like the rock cruise ship you know um hero band and he does songs with like spencer from under oath and like a bunch of other people but okay. he wrote a song called letter to ashley and the band is called your broken hero and it's over the top emo, right? Like what an emo yeah. band, your broken hero. Hell and yeah! he actually made these really cool videos before too, where he like Jesus tells him the name and all this stuff. And it's like super,
2: epic, you know?
1: <laughs> and yeah, but they're on it. And it's like all the bands he did songs with are on it. He may have organized it. I'm not sure, but it's like Under Oath, Hawthorne Heights, Emery, Hell like yeah. just a bunch Thursday, just a ton of the OG like emo Rock, alternative, hardcore bands, you know, post-hardcore.
0: It's, like, it's always funny, like things just always kind of end up repeating itself. It's like, you know, things that were persecuted, things that were like lame or people didn't like back then, then get those resurgencies, in, like Dungeons and Dragons, Emo Night. I mean, people were on the 80s for like a hot minute, though, were like 80 with Stranger Things, though. So it's like this thing where things just end up repeating themselves, though. So, I mean,
1: who knows? It always man. comes full circle, dude. I hear like, I hear bands now that are getting big that I listened to when I was 18 years old with the same exact sounds that no one gave a shit about. And I'm like, man, this was like, we like from the Lodi Stockton, like it's the Central Valley, right? This whole area that we live in. Yeah. So there's this whole genre of Central Valley hardcore, right? It's CVHC. (laughs) And it's like a type of music. And I can tell when a band is like a Central Valley hardcore band when I hear it. (laughs) And now I'm hearing these huge bands come out and I'm like, yo, this is straight CVHC shit, you know? And I'm like, man, but I knew we were onto something.
0: See that because that's what I want to talk about because like that, that's a Skylet Drive sound It's uh, central California hardcore.
1: Right. Well, no, we were, we were, no, that those are heavier bands for sure. Now I had been in heavier bands before Skylet Drive. Mm. So I was in a metal band called stars Are falling for a while Um, that would fit in more into like the Central Valley hardcore mix of it. For us, we were more like post-hardcore, which did have a huge Central Valley presence but I wouldn't call it Central Valley Hardcore. I'd probably get beat up if I tried to say Skylar <laughs> Drive was Central Valley Hardcore, like, you know? Like,
0: you'll have people showing up at the show and be like, like, Do you think they're Central Like, like, the, in the audience. And they're like, <laughs> from like,
1: like, like, from like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> dude, no. This, no. this
0: podcast and let's fucking, that one scene. They just listen to this one part and then stop listening to Right.
1: It. All those dudes that are big in that music scene are my homies. You know, I used to live with some of them. So it's cool. But um, they, uh, the Skylar Drive sound, the dance Gavin dance sound. There's a band called Mozart Season. Um, Heart Shed. There were so many bands that had like similar sounds to us, you know. And dude, we just got lucky, man. Right place, right time. MySpace got us signed, basically, you know.
0: Well, and I'd love to get like more into that though. And uh, let's, yeah. okay, so let's go back to high school because I'm still trying to like I want to see oh, okay. a little Joe Star. So like like I mentioned, I, I want to go back to high school. So we're talking looking at sophomore Joey. Yeah. Pants are getting tighter. Oh, yeah. music's making a little bit heavier, though.
1: Yeah. but Let's continue. Let's continue. I stopped going to high school at that point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No. So I graduated my sophomore year, not graduated. I finished my sophomore year. And in between that summer, dude, from sophomore to junior year, I had like a life changing fucking summertime. Right. I started joining bands. I started meeting other bands that were into the same style of shit. I stopped doing like pop punk music, right? Right. When I was like fourteen, and it turned into like uh, thanks to Five Minute Ride, it was Kurt Travis's band. They were from a uh, Seven Twenty Records, which was Sacramento based. Eric Rushing owns it. Hey, and shout out. Owned it. It's been gone for some time now, <laughs> but um. When I heard that band, me and like Nick Miller and Brian White, which are guys that I'm in, you know, Skylet with, um, we heard that shit. And I was like, dude, this is like where it's at. Like, fuck this pop punk shit, you know? It's just and, like blow your mind or you're like, oh, this is like blew my fucking mind wide open to where like it was like an obsession with that band. There you we know. most of the guys in Skylet have vibes tattooed on them. That's like, or I mean, that's pretty cool or five minute ride lyrics because it meant so much to us you know and i don't know dude it just started happening like that we started joining bands and jordan Stribling, aka jordan blake who's a singer of Skylet, he was in another band called random intelligence and they changed mm-hmm. their name to october has its moments so emo <laughs> so emo these <laughs> phrases
0: man Buckethead.
1: oh man yeah we also had one called setting cell for april dude we had all kinds of emo bands what? Growing so up.
0: sidebar what can you like explain why it's like not just one word or it's a fucking sentence or a phrase or something like why is that the case because it's how you
1: represented yourself dude and you had to have an emo band name you know <sighs>
0: like always going left um like i'm trying to think like if i can make a, a couple uh emo band names off the top of my head uh now that sounds like more punk. Parallel Parking for Dummies. I Maybe mean, it's like a thrash album. I don't
1: know. <laughs> no. See, I'm trying to think of some good ones, dude. They're like the long ones. Um oh, what was that one? Um Skies of Fire. Okay. Was a good one there. More rock. Um Crypt Orchid was another one. A little more rock though. Okay. Um damn, I mean, dude, Still Life Projector, bro. So emo. God, and they were huge. So great. They I were I want to cry just hearing minute. all this. So they just... had, dude, their band name was one word and it had three L's in the middle of it. <laughs> still, because it was still life, dude. So there's three L's, then projector. Still
0: project. I love it. It's, still like
1: projector, man. So One what, of my favorite bands.
0: Yeah. No, continue, continue. They're just like, just, okay, what? So Skylight Drive, like, what was the,
1: how did you guys come up with the name? um okay yeah let me go back jordan was in um uh random intelligence and we were like dude he's really he's a lot like these singers and can scream and shit and we need a screamer you know And jordan was ahead of his time with the high pitch vocals and screaming right so we basically started recruiting other members so we recorded we like recruited Corey from a metal band from elk grove mm-hmm. called um fuck what's that word when you get a bright idea all of a sudden inspiration uh, Epiphany. Epiphany. They were called yeah. A Beautiful Epiphany was their band name. And emo, So emo. They were actually metal though. They were okay. all screaming pretty much. And uh but yeah, emo name. It it fit with the times. And um Jordan joined the band, then it kind of just all started. But we had one before it with Jordan and Jerry, our first drummer, who's actually just sold our house in Grass Valley we own.
2: Oh shit. Um
1: but he's doing good now. He's got five kids. And his brother has eleven. His younger brother has 11 Dude, kids. Does, right? Is he like Mormon or he just doesn't pull out? No, they're Christian. I don't know. They just have, he must have potent stuff. But I mean, hey, hey. Um, Jerry swears that he did not put the, he did not go to a website for an emo band name generator. Cause I did <laughs> it one time. I did it one time and I found something close to a Skylet Drive on it. Okay. Which, looking back, that would have been super lame, but now it'd be hilarious if that's how he got the name. Oh, he, said, he said he made it up. He was all, dude, I just thought it sounded hella emo and sick, you know? Skylit Drive, and there wasn't too many Drive bands. There was like Loring Drive. They're singers like in um Hollywood Undead now, you know? There's like a oh, couple, dr- wow. couple Drive bands. I actually hung out with him a, a couple years ago at Aftershock. Really nice dude. Let me, I'm going to actually go to Emo. We're gonna do one real quick. Let's do it. Emo band name. You do one too. Okay. 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 Emo band name generator. I'm gonna do
3: it's called student of guitar.com. Excuse me for verb here. Okay. Let's see. Find a band name. Okay. Input your word here. Let's do sky. Okay. You make your up your own. I put strength, but I'm not, I hate all these names. Like,
0: maybe this sounds kind of cool. Like, I think this is the only one out of the 12 that they got generated uh, okay. was uh, Garden Strength Station. See, strength isn't really, like, an emo word, though, dude. You know? Yeah, but I want to think, like, it's strength and, like, and, like, the suffering you go through. Like, strength and tears kind of thing. I, I just thought, I don't think it would make it work. Okay, I guess I can be an emo band.
2: Yeah. Okay, Here, listen.
0: Test.
1: Listen to mine. Now, tell me how emo these are. Sky okay. American Drive-In. Okay? Okay. <laughs> sky Sirens. Modern okay. Sky Crime. Ooh, I like that one. Sky. American Nun. That is such an emo band name. Sky Confessional. Sky Icon. Yeah, see, they're good. But I mean, we got the band name and it just fit. I was like, okay, that's dope. We'll roll with it, you know. Not thinking that I was gonna have to roll with this fucking band name
2: Mm. for the
1: rest of my life, though. (laughs) Just like, damn, it's like we got
0: successfully fucked, we gotta stick with it. This is yeah,
1: and I was like, damn, I'm like almost changed it to just Skylet for a while you know like thought about different things like how a newfound glory dropped a and it's just newfound glory maybe we could have just oh. been Skylet drive you know but nah, i like it i like you know and the asd it's the three letters on the left side middle of your keyboard that rolls really well together oh, you know and i never even realized it's just,
0: yeah there you go ASD, it's, it's just baby
1: You'll never see your keyboard the same way again, dude. I, I said, you know that.
0: what? I just, and I'm on my computer a lot. So I'm just going to be staring at it constantly. Like, yeah. no, yo <laughs> Right. How, how do you think of these? Okay. So I, I put different one, Put empathy. Well, what do you think of this? Empathy icon. Yep, that's good. Okay. And then I got empathy, red secret, dude, fire. Yes. And then empathy, sickest fall. Hella good. Bro. This is okay yeah this is i'm not a fan of this one this one's just kind of gross but brown empathy promise
1: dude i could see
0: it working though
3: you think so i could see
0: it working maybe if like we were all were like seen like makeup and hair but we all like dressed like ups workers
1: dude maybe maybe. no No, see now you're in a ska band automatically (laughs) (laughs) so your brain goes right back to that like real big fish fucking uh which which I think we talked about this. You know, I, which, I love
0: Streetlight man. Manifesto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, uh little, little ska side note. I always talk to people. It's always like you can only, you're either a main Streetlight or a real Big Fish fan.
1: You can't be both. Dude, we actually, um on warp Tour one year, we were sharing the, there was like this two big like main stage you switched off on. Right. And it was always us and Streetlight Manifesto every day, dude, for like over a month. Were they cool? So, um yeah, their guitar player dude is super sick. He has a Swedish fish tattoo on him. On his arm <laughs> and hell he's hell cool. and he's hell into yoga, you know. And that, um yeah, he's a NBA. he's a sweetheart dude. The rest of the guys I didn't really talk to, you know, but this one was cool and their band it's just a legendary band though. If oh, you're into that music, you know, so it's cool to watch them every night. Like I oh, You listen to Last
0: Street Fight Streetlight Manifesto?
1: I have actually I've actually never listened to them except the forty times I saw them live that year. <laughs> yeah,
0: because well, you, you you just you're there. You're like I I like I could just hear it. it it's it's literally across the way from me, like with
1: the stage. Yeah. So like, why do
0: I need to a record?
1: Yeah, this? and but I fucked because we'd wait for them to finish playing, so we'd set up while they played, and I'd be standing there for fifteen minutes of their thirty minutes set, just staring at them <laughs> on their stage, you know, every night. But I was really into um, less than Jake was my favorite ska band. Right. Probably great, great ska band, Excellent. yeah.
0: Because it's like we're more, I would say, probably the most pop punky of the ska bands,
2: yeah.
1: Um, the first No Doubt record, Fire, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I liked some ska shit, you know, obviously, like Operation Ivy, like I was, I was into the whole say, punk ska, vibes, though, you know, yeah. Which,
0: damn shame, like they never went back to it though. But I mean, if they didn't, then we wouldn't have rancid, though. so you yeah. pick what you get, but yeah,
1: I was more rancid than.
0: Op, oh, Op Ivy, but yeah, 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 you paid your dues. I still respect it, and plus, you played in Warp Tour. If anything, you're, uh, you're, you're we ska embraces you. You're, Thanks, you were man. in Warp Tour. You're, we'll, we'll take you. But so, okay, but uh, yeah. instrument wise, so were you always the bass player,
1: or did I you? Nev- play? I never played bass. Thanks for doing your research. I know I was. It's I played bass. Listen, I played bass in Merchants when I was working at Box Pro. So that's probably why, that's probably why you thought that, you know, but yeah, I always played guitar. So I started playing guitar. Brian played bass forever and still does. And I, I started off actually being a trombonist in fifth grade or sixth grade.
0: The ska thing, man. It was the yeah. one, bro. Come oh, on, I
1: could have dude. been a trombone player for sure. in ska, I made like the county band and shit, you know, and you know. shows and stuff, but, um, it was that. And then. Instantly, just pretty much the guitar man. I bought it My parents got me a drum set too for a while, which like I'm obviously no. I'm not a good drummer at all. I'm not even like kind of close to being a decent drummer or anything, but it helped me a lot with music. Like you know, I can I can fart around a tiny bit. You know how to keep a beat though. You're I can slowly. program the shit out of drums though, so hey. it does
0: help. Just hit and miss. So yeah, I mean, we're. What well, did you have any like influences? Kind of like growing up though, I mean, was it just the bands you were into though? was it just rancid and misfits and a f i and you wanted to just like play fast and
1: crazy uh-huh. and hard? actually, the first band I was in was more like a phoenix t x meets like super pop punk, you know kind yeah. of stuff, but um I don't know, man i like I guess I was super into like Tom Delong and Kurt Cobain, you know. I mean, I those were huge sense. ones for me i was a massive sublime fan too so wow. brad noel was a huge one because that guy actually would shred when he wasn't fucking in <laughs> brown
0: town insanely on though. stage yeah <laughs> I was just gonna say like insanely high on heroin just,
3: <laughs> yeah dude
0: parking on that reef which man i okay so play guitar get a skylit drive uh i mean just i would look like so how did the success work out? like did it did it ramp up did it come out of nowhere did you have a first couple of crappy
1: shows or how did how did that work out well yeah we played a lot of shows and then that were all right um the scene at the time dude between like the central valley area was really really strong i don't think it's ever been that strong before or since to be honest with you and we would play shows at the underground dude in roseville and it would be like sold out like 450 people dude and on a high school night you know and so it'd be huge shows. And like that's, but let's backtrack a little bit. With a Skylet Drive, the shows were pretty good because it had a social media presence for the first time in social media history, right? It was MySpace, right? Yeah. And if you think about it, dude, how the fuck else would you hear of a local band in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, sitting in your house in Stockton, California without MySpace? And then that band, would notice they have fans in all these places because all these people are talking and then they book shows there. I feel like local bands that were just getting good, just starting to get signed to their first really small label, you know, never really had a chance to full blown tour the United States until MySpace came out. Not that I'm aware of. Then also, I grew up in it, so I'm new. I don't know anything for it, but I'm just saying like we would find bands everywhere. We'd go to Denver. And invite a local band out in Denver, like Breathe Carolina to hang out. And they're blowing up and huge on MySpace, but they haven't toured yet or anything, you know? And, um, this, we would do like, um, it was called like friend something where you'd pay and you could go to like Sayosin's profile and you would hit like run and you would add all the people who commented on Sayosin's page to your band's page. So they'd all get friend requests and like a message or whatever, you know? Um, was it called like friendster or one of the i can't remember what the fuck it was called but
0: that sounds familiar
1: yeah and it would just add friends for you which is like buying friends now or followers you know and yeah and like a guy from a record label his girlfriend wrote us and she was like oh dude your band's hecka good my um, boyfriend owns a record label in north carolina his name's tommy (laughs) And she was like, I'm gonna show them your band. And we were like, oh, fucking blowing smoke, you know? Yeah, like, okay, and, lady. go, go ahead. Yeah. And she was like, here, check out some of the bands on it. And she sent us a band called Alisana. And I was living at my wow. parents' house, dude. I was like 17. I heard Alisana's record on on frail wings of vanity and wax, bro. Was that record? Yes. And that record still fucking hangs, dude. It was so fast and like be- way fucking better than we were, right? Right. Like, but, I yeah. heard them and was like, holy shit. Like, they're already touring, by the way. You know, they were like two or three years ahead of us with everything. Right. And the fucking owner wrote us, dude, and was like, hey, your band's super sick. I want to have a West Coast band on my roster. I'm going to pay for you guys to drive out here and record an EP. Here's the contract. Hell. And so, okay, I was like, okay, tell me, uh, I,
0: like, the band, like, how would they, like, feel like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, like, this is happening? Like, ah, you
1: know. Um, Jordan came over to my house in Galt when I lived with my parents and I had some people over and he showed them, showed it to us, you know, and he was like, dude, this guy's record label wants to sign us. And like Jordan was talking to them um, throughout all of it. And I was like, oh, bullshit, whatever, you know, like I had been in another band that before that who had some indie labels reaching out to us and nothing ever. We would sign to it and they'd never fucking do anything. It was people trying to start up labels with bands that didn't have any money, you know. Right, and this one actually had some money and fucking had a place to record in Charlotte with a house, big ass two story house that this guy and his girlfriend lived at, and we recorded there for like a month, dude. Did our whole record there. Yeah, eighteen years old, dude, driving across the country with all our friends. I think Corey was probably seventeen still when we well, went over and, there.
0: And I'm trying to remember barely my age. I think my teen, I was working at like you remember Big Lots. That was mm-hmm. my first fucking job. Like thinking about like you're driving cross country yeah. to a place you hope to god will record you though or at least you know not 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 i don't not, i want to say lie but like they're not over hyping this deal and you're like oh my god this is actually happening i uh, what was your family thinking at the time i mean they probably thought like hey this is some hobby something you were into and now you're doing this stuff i mean like were they supportive though did they ever like be careful joey here's oh yeah here.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. They wouldn't let me go down the street without, like, a walkie-talkie till I was, like, 14 years old. But you know? you'll go to North Carolina and record an EP. They're like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, the, one of, yeah, one of the parents had to drive with us there, and another one had to drive with us back, you know? So one of them would, like, drive. Like, Jordan's stepdad drove out there. Or no, Brian's dad drove out there with us. And then on the way home, Jordan's stepdad did or vice versa. I can't remember which, which way it went. You know, it's been too long. But we stayed there by ourselves for like a month. And yeah, my parents were like, where are you guys going to sleep? My parents were more worried about the touring. They were worried, like, yeah. you're going to be playing these shows. Obviously, there's going to be drugs and alcohol, some right. fast women, you know. <laughs> Some fast the, times, if I may. Stuff, you know, yeah. And they're like, Where are you gonna sleep? You guys aren't making enough money to be buying hotels every night because you don't make shit when you first start touring. We in a band. Just and fucking... in our very first tour, this band took us out called a Heart Well Ending. Okay. And they had a big ass tour bus they bought or something, and it was fucking shitty. And they had we had like 25 30 dates planned all across the United States. And we're like, let's go do this, bro. We're only making like 150 bucks a night. Okay. So we're all using credit cards. We're all using money. We save, we're all using this, you know, whatever we could. And like, we all worked before we left. I worked at Target, dude, you know? And so I was like, my last paycheck, dude, I got like 300 bucks. And I was like, this is my tour money. It was also a lot cheaper in 2006 to tour, you know, but. I can't even imagine doing it now. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's tough now. and um i don't know that that band dropped off after like the second show and so we in our heads didn't even think like oh well the tour is off then you know yeah we just kept going on the tour dude we weren't even the headliner
0: wow you guys just said fuck it we're just gonna you guys went from the opening band or just
1: like another act to now you're the headliner it was just the two bands so we were direct support so we ended up headlining our first U.S. tour the first time we went out. And which is pretty crazy. Like looking back, no one really ever does that very mm-hmm. often. Hot, like one a one million. We, we played some shows that were fucking the worst shit. I mean, we played shows that it was just the band members and their girlfriends watching, you know. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any money to pay it because no one came. But here's a fucking extra large pizza and a case of beer, you know.
2: Dude, it is, man.
1: dude, when we were like eighteen, we would have shows. Say there was like uh, eighty people at the show because local bands were big in high school. They'd have a lot of friends out, you know. Yeah, dude, we would set up like a kissing booth and kiss girls for gas Jeez, money, dude. dude. I bet you guys got a lot of gas money for that. Corey did. Corey got like eighty-five dollars one night, <laughs> in gas money, and oh, only ga- and he only gave us like twenty bucks of it. He's yeah. all that's my share, dude. You know, I mean, he did do a lot of the hard work. Man. He did, like, he's, he
0: did but- he's gambling herpes or just like cold sores, man. Just fucking-
1: yeah, but then we played New Jersey and Trustkill Records came out to see us, and which is crazy because the owner of the label actually came out on tour with us, Tommy. Mm. He was all this is my new band's first tour. I they need a tour manager. I'm gonna go on tour with them. So the owner of the fucking label toured with us, dude, which is. Very unheard of, right? Right. And he was just watching out, I guess protecting his investment. But on our first tour, we already had bands looking into us to other bigger labels wanted to sign us. Like Immortal was gonna sign us. They had okay. like Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, Jets Brazil. They had like Jesus. all these pretty big bands. And then Trust Kill Records came out. They wanted to sign us. And they had um dude, who was the hero? error fucking what was that? Huge metal band from England called. Um, you know I'm talking about you would yeah, know this band. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, trust kill records. I should remember this. But the guy came out, super nice guy. Took us out to pizza, he gave us um a bunch of shit. 18 Visions,
3: Hopes Fall, Throwdown. Um, oh, just good. huge. Well, for me, they're like huge bands, you know.
1: are Bleeding through. Oh bullet for my valentine yep
0: okay there you go they were
1: yeah they were the big one on it and there he came out to watch us and the show in new jersey was actually fucking crazy dude the it was like at least 200 300 people all singing along and it was our first time ever playing new jersey crazy the the next night we played Allentown, pennsylvania which is where we actually did one of our reunion shows around there Mm -hmm. same promoter tom taylor shout out and um Dude, we sold out the bottom room, and Amana Marth was playing in the big room upstairs. You told told me. Yeah, and we (laughs) sold out. We sold more tickets than they did on our first show, you know? Oh, man. I love Amana Marth, too,
0: dude. I know. I know those metal fans weren't happy. They were just like fucking... The small room was shoulder to shoulder,
2: dude.
1: Yeah, but... Yeah, first tour, dude, it was fun. It was tough. It was a lot of just hardships you know but when you're 18 19 years old you like live for that shit and it's exactly. with all your best friends too you know and so it's just like a real brotherhood like um i don't know it's like
2: no, I get something it. it's, uh... special that
1: i wish i remembered more of it and it's not because i was drinking it's just because it was like really fast-paced overwhelming right and it was so long ago dude it was fucking 16 years ago it's almost oh, half God. my life ago like, I remember a couple of shows, but there's 20 shows on that tour that I'll never remember where the venue was or anything,
2: you know? Yeah.
0: Well, So I, I did want to ask, though, I mean, like, because you kind of touched on a little bit, though. I mean, like, was there partying? Was it just oh, like, yeah. like a, just a big, fun, like, like I mean, granted, it sucked, but that's why the partying was happening. Like, hey, I have to, like, sleep on a bus with eight other guys. Like, yeah, I'm going to blackout drink or I'm going to try to, you know, get 15 some passenger
1: van. Yeah, 15-passenger van forever Gross. for, like, years. But we took out two of the four rows of seats, and so we'd make, like, a bed for two people to sleep in each one, you know? So it'd be, like, front two seats, a bed with two people, a row with one person, another bed with two people, then a back row with one person. So it was actually a lot of room, dude. So, so many days just on the floor in that van. You touched yeah. on, like, like the the lead singer. You he was, he was
0: a hottie. People liked it. People were into it, though. So, like, was how did you like bring girls to the, the, the thing? Like, how did you like interact with them? Like, we're like, Hey, come back here. Like you want to sleep in our van though. Or like, like, did you guys just hang out at someone else's house though? You had fun while you No can.
1: dude, like, it was, you want to come hang out in the van and drink with us. Yeah. And then I'd be like, give me the van for a minute, you guys, you know, <laughs> like that's like how you'd have to do it. bro. Or you would just look around and see everyone out there and we'd get got the van and another member would be in there doing its thing, you know, and I'd be like, fuck, we're next, you know? that's and oh like, my god it's, it's
0: like it's like a fucked up disneyland ride we're like okay is, ready man. like
3: okay
1: yeah and it had a lot of those nights and but um yeah i mean was it was fun it, it wasn't all we did dude. but there was this one tour story i'll tell you um we played in condon oregon okay, okay. Condon. would you do me a favor and google condon oregon while we're doing this Pleasure. Right. and i want you to read the population and. of this town
3: wow okay did you google this before
1: or like this it was
0: always this small
1: it's all i think this it's grown a lot since 2020 let's see condon oregon population 764 and we're gonna go
3: 2007 yeah condon oregon population 2007 Oh, man, no wonder, dude, you're looking at like, okay, it's still
0: it's like, right, right in the middle of like the dry, deserty part of Oregon. Yeah, like, oh, my God, like, it does just looking at the city. It looks like life shouldn't exist. Yeah, Like it's a miracle that they have this many people.
1: Dude, the girl that ran it, bless her heart. She, um, we played at the town center, right? There was like a theater where they did like the school plays and shit. The high school had like four people at it. And one of the girls, of course, was, you know, hoeing around at the high school. And she was coming out trying to hang out with dudes. It was hilarious. So I was like, of course, there's like, I don't want to say this because it's really rude. But like, does it really have to be like a town like S-L-U-T, like in every small town, no matter where you're at? It's so stereotypical, you know? And it was just funny. But we played this town center. And I'm not shitting you, dude. We sold more merchandise at that show than we did on any other show man That's crazy. because the whole town came out there was like three generations of families standing in the back watching us and there was one band from condon oregon who had mohawks and they mm-hmm. were in a punk rock band and the second they came out on stage the guitar player threw his guitar around him and it fell off of his. it flew off of his body into the crowd on the floor and i was like no it's condon's finest dude but Man. there was probably 250 people at our show dude the whole fucking town came out like it was like a big deal for no, the and, town and I'm,
0: I'm just imagining like it's insane to think like and again like you said the three generations like i'm trying to imagine like an old old like i really like these young fangled kind of music Man, I, this is this, this is called
3: hardcore i you know, just
0: fucking it's, yeah, it's, it's it's insane to think about but hey dude that's like it's amazing that's so cool and, God, just look at this town. I just get depressed. Like, I bet you were like happy that the show was there. You're like, okay, let's get the fuck. There
1: out was of here. no cell phone service, dude. See, yeah. 682 in 2010, so it was the
0: last one. Dude, I'm I'm looking at all these like abandoned houses in there.
3: God, this looks like a place of horror, dude. Let's see. I think it was town hall. So and again this was just the first tour okay so you guys do
0: your first tour you know it yeah. happened it it went pretty well you come back to load i stock come back what like you guys probably gonna relax like okay that was fun it was made crazy amount of memories what was the next next thing what was the next step
3: next
1: step dude was i mean realistically bro it was just nonstop stop touring so once we did that first tour, we then got a booking agent, right? Like a legit one
2: okay.
1: um, named Dave Shapiro, and he was out of L.A. He did every band on earth, really, you know, in the in the emo scene. Is and related to no, no, it'd be hilarious. If it was. Like... No, I don't think so. Um, I'm not trying to go death on three like kanye said on jewish names either right now you know but um <laughs> let's, uh, he's <laughs> let's, let's just keep going keep going um yeah shapiro prominent jewish name hollywood la new york there's a lot of them out there that's just the facts but wow, you're um, gonna get me canceled before no I dave shapiro big, i'm not saying anything bad dave shapiro is a great guy i saw him recently at a reunion show and talked to him really cool um but he um we got the booking agent and we got a ma- management and that really like lifted us to the next level. So then we went from being, you know, that headliner was cool, but it was like, dude, you can't be living like that, you know? And then some of the next tours, dude, I think our next one was with a day to remember
3: oh, before shit.
1: before they blew up. So it was Us, My Children, My Bride, A Day to Remember, and Blessed by a Broken Heart, which so fucking half the time I think you're making up these names, but like I, no, I don't doubt you would love. Blessed by a broken heart, dude. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like super nostalgic and corny. Okay. Okay. And they I, I, that. That's me. <laughs> Oh my God, Tony the singer. Um then they kinda dressed like Lost Boys, like they were like eighties metal before it was cool, right? Okay. So okay. they were like Canada too. All right. Yeah, they wore like no shirts with like red vests and shit and like crazy hair, you know. and Dude, you weren't kidding
0: about the Last Boy thing. Literally, one of the band members looks like Spike from the Lost Boys. That's crazy.
1: Um, he looks just like um, the blonde one, right? So yeah, you're that, talking that, about? That, yeah, that's yeah, idea. yeah. He's identical to Kiefer Sutherland, dude. Jesus. And Jesus. um, you would like him. They had songs about like high school, like summer break and shit, which was funny because a bunch of tattoo guys. Just like their logos were like a Delorean with lasers coming out of it. You oh, know, no. that like
0: sounds, that sounds. I'm I'm already I'm I'm looking at this after after episodes yeah i
1: listened to their stuff from like 2006 9 era okay Okay. that's when it was really good and um we started doing tours like a day to remember and it was like every show was sold out three four five hundred people and we were like the we were we weren't opening but we were like the second band yeah like second or third band sometimes and um it was just tight dude because then i was like okay we're out with legit bands now they all have legit tour managers some of which i'm still in touch with like JJ Cassari dude was the tour manager for a day to remember on that first tour we did and me and him still talked, like made some connections, you know? And, um, it just, that took us to another level because when you're playing for new fans, your whole goal with music is wanting to play for new fans. Like okay. when you're, when you're massive, when you're like fucking bring me the horizon or like a day to remember now, yeah. you don't, you don't need to play for new fans because everyone in the world fucking likes you, you yeah, know, you got, you got your audience. Already. Yeah. You it's, like you're good. Yeah, like for life you have the audience, you know, and um for us it was just a huge deal, you know. We got to meet all these bands and it was before a lot of them took off, you know. So it was just um I don't know. Taught taught me a lot about the business and stuff and I used to complain about playing like opening, right? Like mm-hmm. I'd complain about opening and like the tour manager would be like, "Bro, it's only your second tour, man. Like you got to pay your dues, dude." Like all these bands did it and like eventually you'll be telling some guy who's mad at his band opening. When you're headlining, you got to just pay your dues, bro. And keep trucking, you know? And you I did have
0: time. Or were you like, I,
1: you, I sure. didn't believe it at the time. And actually when he was having that talk with me, it was in a rainstorm in Orlando outside the venue. We were smoking cigs and this giant fucking lightning thunder strike went off and he jumped hella high up in the air and Damn. like jumped into me and ran inside and I hella laughed. I was like, okay, <laughs> good conversation. You sure. know, thanks bro. But, um, yeah, and I did have talks like that. I had a band we toured in Europe with that was mad that they weren't direct support to us and they were opening. And I was like, listen, I know you guys get more plays than them. your the band might be bigger, but like this band's been doing it way longer, bro. You know, like yes. the, there's a fine line between if you're doing it longer, who's drawing, you know, exactly. also who your agent is, how much is your guarantee? There's so much that goes into it, bro. But um, it's crazy
0: that you learned all this stuff like
1: 19. Yeah, like, dude, like you're getting the business know-how.
0: Still, is like a fucking kid, though. Same.
1: Yeah, dude, like couldn't make a fucking omelet, you know. But I'm like touring the United States and Europe and shit, stuff like that, you know. But um, yeah, I was definitely lucky. I'm a super blessed. I got to do all of it, you know. And it's like a, I feel like I'm on my second life sometimes because that was such a, you know, it was only like a six or seven year period for me that I really toured that hard, but. Right. Seven seven years of United States touring, Europe tour. Which we can we can get
0: that about the Europe tour. So it was the first tour, then the second, and then when does the first album come in? When you're like, okay, we toured so much. Now let's actually like sit um, down and get this fucking record out.
3: Yeah, um, like two
0: two years later. So yeah, I just kind of like want to roadmap a little bit though. So you had those two tours, you then toured for another two years?
1: yeah dude i Jesus we toured non Mary. we toured non for seven years without we would come home for the most time six weeks twice a year dude that's it and i mean like and just
0: playing the same songs or like you guys would just like write new songs on the road
1: well we had two records out so we had our set list yeah you just played the same set list dude like every night you yes, know okay fucking a every tour we'd change up the set list so it's different you know for the kids but then you do two or three u.s tours then you drop another record because you've already done a year and a half of touring two years then you got all these other new songs to play to mix in you know so it kept it fresh for sure
0: fucking touring albums i mean like what so so when did you record where did you record was it still back in lodi like
1: no the first one was in north carolina when that guy from the label tommy lacombe hit us up and signed us and then um the second time, it was in around Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which is a great little town. You know, okay, super artsy and beautiful over there. Chapel Hill's great. Had a really good Arby's and a really good sushi <laughs> place. So it was the only two <laughs> places I ever ate out at over there.
0: It great variety. I love it. Well,
1: well, when you were fifteen minutes from the town and your recording days were twelve-hour days, I would just get that Arby's five for five, dude and just eat five fucking sandwiches for the whole day I was out there, you know? And you can mix it and, up too. Oh yeah, get the adju on the side, bro. Fire. Mm-hmm. So good. But um yeah, we recorded with um with Mitch Marlowe and Al Jacobs. Okay. Out there called Warrior Sound, amazing place. They did um <clears throat> they did like He is Legend and like um uh Beloved, just like a bunch of bands that were from North Carolina that were sick. And um Mitch played in like glass jaw and in um filter, a lot of like pretty big bands he was in. Yeah. So he records like in like in this moment. What are they called? That girl, the girl singer? Uh in this moment. Oh, um Maria Brink. Yeah, he like um Mitch like writes for that band, like writes really? guitar and like music for for that band. Yeah. Dude, okay. And so he's one of the homies. He's a really talented guy.
0: Little sidebar, she's stupid hot, like just dumb,
1: dumb, stupid hot yeah it blew my mind in like 2011 on a warp tour she was like talking about her son about to go to college what in 2011 dude i mean oh shit she said that she's uh 44 years old though so dang that's
0: so she must have had him real young then
1: yeah probably or maybe it was high school maybe i was just drunk i'm not sure don't quote me on this but i do remember being like oh wow because she looks great dude and she obviously like doesn't age so that's really cool. Sold that virgin blood, I think, you know. <laughs> I was just going to say she sold her soul maybe. maybe. But no, I don't know. I would never mean that, but yeah, then our third record we did in um that's uh, Identity on Fire, right? Yeah, Identity on Fire we did in um in Santa Ana, the dike down by LA, you know, the Los Angeles area. Yeah. And we were staying in Seal Beach in this beautiful apartment and our next-door neighbor was like in that like Johnny Tsunami or some shit from Disney Channel.
2: What? And,
1: yeah, yeah, and um, dude, yeah. But um, we record down there with um. Do you have a party with Johnny Tsunami? No, no, not uh, even close. Yeah. I never even really saw him. But uh, Cameron Webb did that record, and then was that the last one I did with the guys?
0: um uh, taking a look. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that I was just the last did, one was the first. Yeah, three.
1: I did the first. Three the first one's the only like actually like really really good one but the ep the rest of them are you know well the music's really good and the second one wires i would i'd say those are our bangers you know and i mean but,
0: it's, it does where you put i mean the most heart and soul into it i mean it's like it, you guys were like you guys found your like your sound and it was fun and it was great and uh it again wikipedia is so damn helpful though uh really that many references for final fantasy i know you're a big nerd but it goes right back around uh, the know,
1: whole record
0: is Final Fantasy dialogue, bro. that's, yeah. that's pretty sick. Is it mm-hmm. specifically seven,
1: or is it multiple games? It's mostly ten. Really? Yeah, Dude. it's mostly ten. I, me, and Kyle, the keyboard player, uh, we were in Tommy's apartment, and we played ten. We beat. We actually did a speed run before that was a thing, and right. we were. We played. I think we both spent like six hour blocks at a time. Mm -hmm. And we never stopped playing until we beat X. So we finished Final Fantasy X in like um in under two days. Because we'd both beaten it before. And so we just took turns, you know, playing and leveling up and shit. And like it was hella fun. Oh yeah, dude, like one of our songs, I'm not a thief, I'm a treasure hunter. That's like what the character Ball Fear says at the beginning. The first line when you put in the video game is about like listen to my story. This will be our last chance. Like it's all lyrics from the fucking song. There's a That's few so lyrics. Sick. There's a few lyrics from the movie Sunshine in it too. What the computer says. Wait, it, Sunshine is that the one where like the sun's dying? And they have to nuke yes. it? yeah. And we used to walk out to the intro song. Um, what the the, fuck? The, That's the, so sick. the main theme from Sunshine was our intro song for a long time. Um, yeah, dude, heavily inspired by Final Fantasy. I mean, I have. I'm still heavily inspired by Final Fantasy. You know? It'd be
0: super sick if you could like, like if they because you know how they're it's always doing remakes. I mean, they did seven they might yeah. do 8 like if they did a complete remake of 10 and maybe had like you guys do like a song or like part of the soundtrack though i think it would be really dude sick.
2: i
1: would work so hard on power metal licks and like sad piano parts if i oh knew they God. were picking songs for that bro
0: but dude um, i can only hope because <laughs> i love both of those things like
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they were more into the power metal speed shit back in the day you know with, like the the 8 bit sounds but mm-hmm. um uh 10 i think i mean 7 obviously great the remake from seven was nothing like seven but i still loved it you know still waiting for the next chapter to come out for that Yeah, because
0: it's it's a two-parter right
1: yeah which is insane to think about but because the disc was like three discs i think or four for the yeah, that's um right. original one yeah original playstation i still have mine i didn't know they're worth like a grip now <laughs> mm-hmm. it's yeah. i had some asshole
0: stole like a bunch of my playstation games though it uh coincidentally i think it was the same guy who showed me blink 182 so it's like mm-hmm. a hit and a miss like he yeah. stole my copy of uh tony hawk's pro skater but hey here's blink 182 So yeah, whatever i
1: i still have my tony hawk pro skater dude That's got to be that's got to be worth some money too probably
0: do you think so <laughs> i mean especially with all these like uh kind of resurgence of um like oh, retro no.
1: game stores they made so many copies of tony hawk though I heard Tony Hawk made like over a hundred million dollars off just like the first two games. I when wouldn't. they made when they made the third game, um, number one and two were the top number one and two sellers for PlayStation. Still, when they were working on the third one, that's just
0: insane to even think about because it wasn't the third one like on PlayStation Two. So like, it's, yeah, like, still making like, and God, if we want to talk about music and video games, I mean, like, I'm I'm pretty sure that was like everyone's gateway drug to like punk rock.
2: Yeah oh yeah dude
1: um no the original playstation one is only like um 23
2: bucks (laughs) Uh, see because they
1: made so many of them
0: just hold on a little bit more when the nuclear war happens and people want to play tony aqua like you you'll know like hey it'll Mm -hmm. be worth like a handful of bottle caps you know like it'll be worth it just 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 keep hold
1: on to it oh yeah dude let's see my um if you have a minted Final Fantasy 7 in a case like if you had it sent in and minted you're looking at like 10-15 grand jeez that's just
0: so much that's crazy to think even
1: people got them minted after they had them for years because this one's only a 7.5 and it's a thousand dollars you know
0: that's insane to me though but like it kind of also makes you think like would you want to sell that stuff because I mean it's like you just like you kind of said like you don't get to appreciate that stuff when you have it though it's like you know like granted you get money but money comes and goes though but like have something so you know mm-hmm. it dear to your heart or something like yeah i want to keep this you know
1: yeah i have i have all like the original um legend of zelda games still for nes and snes and shit you know like the gold cartridge ones oh wow um, just just the regular i had this one it was from the greatest hits collection um factory sealed they're only 500 it's not worth too much but
0: okay so look i guess the only thing i got like some money for so it's like okay Around it's kind of like around fifty bucks is uh Pokemon Silver like the car the Game Boy cartridges. I still have mine.
2: Yeah, I have.
0: I have my red one. Oh, the OG one, Dude, That's gotta be worth the money.
3: Um, they were. Come on, red. Um, forty. Yeah. Ninety. Forty-four. Game Boy. Oh, yeah. If you have it in the case still,
1: it's like six grand. Nasty to think about. I know. But anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Dude, like I think half half like like episodes just go into like nerd shit. Video games, movies, just stuff like. that. Oh, yeah. I can
1: always I can always go there.
0: So for everyone listening, if uh, you're (laughs) looking to play a game. Joey, Joey, uh, can I I see your last name? Is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't care.
0: Big man, Joey Wilson here. Play says play Final Fantasy 10 that shit
1: oh it's Play. the best and if you can beat yeah. the blitzball tournament and get waka's um fucking ultimate weapon good luck dude good luck
0: dude i know like the three or four final fantasy fans that are listening are going to be creaming their pants when you're saying that they're like yes i i, I get that
1: reference yeah dude or lulu's you got to do the thunderstorm dodge um 100 times <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: i i, I do want to break away i'm gonna ask one last video game question and well, let's go <laughs> okay. back to the tour uh, was Kingdom Hearts ever like your jam?
1: No, I never really messed with Kingdom Hearts. It was like, um, it, to me, it was like Final Fantasy for Disney kids, you know? Basically, basically. Yeah. I did play the one that had the Tarzan level. That was the first one. Wait, uh,
0: the first one, it was the first one, yeah. On PlayStation 2? Yep. Yeah, I played that one. That's the only one I played. You, I mean, it's hard to say. Two has better gameplay, but I think like one really is like it's, great like own thing and then they had like a gajillion freaking Nintendo DS games for it though and it, it gets really freaking weird and like yeah you, you ever want to like we talked about like n- like n- elitist nerds like look up Kingdom Hearts lore on YouTube. It's like two, oh, no. three hours long, dude. And it's all just oh, incoherent nonsense though. Like they interchange words like heart, darkness, light. Like they just <laughs> say it. Like you know, like his light is fading. We have to fill him with darkness. It's like shit, like that. Oh my like, god! What, what does that even mean? It's like, well, dude, his his light is fading. Give him some more dark. <laughs> cool
1: like that. I'll never watch that.
0: <laughs> I just completely <laughs> off. like, that sounds
1: so. Funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Never. I'm sorry, it's Joe.
0: Like, it's if you're okay listening to this. I'm sorry, man. Uh, he's he's my Kingdom Hearts, bud. But the oh, tour, okay. tour, yeah. tour, tour. So you did American tour. When did it go from? like just states tour to like okay now you're at the world stage you're going to europe you're going um,
2: to
1: uh fucking bangkok or wherever the fuck you are. it's actually like pretty simple man like we've been touring a lot in the usa and you can't just continue to tour in the usa dude like you can't be playing the same couple venues in florida you know five six times a year when you're nonstop it's too, touring it it's too boring too, too much dude no one's gonna come see you every 90 days 100 days if you tour nonstop. but um you know we would do tours hit different markets do shows up in canada a little bit and then it would be like you know festivals are coming up in europe and we'll do a couple like grows rock we did a huge festival in germany you know
3: mm.
1: and we would just we what got to like uh shows like who who was playing it grows rock it was glass Glassjaw, Lit, um, like Lost Profits, like a bunch of okay. just a ton of bands, you know. There was a Alisana played it. There's just a million bands on it, but um we got a booking agent in Europe. So we had a like a sister company of the place that we had in LA had one over in Europe, you know? And so we got one from I think they're in England. And he picked us up and was like, oh, I'll book you guys a Europe Tour right now. And okay. I think we did like three or four European tours. We did, I mean, dude, we played cu- country after country after country, dude. Which
0: like, is just insane to think about because I mean, you're still probably like 21, 22. Like you're just yep. like
3: yeah, seeing so young. much
0: of the world as such a, a young minor that no one else would have had experience like that. Which country uh, goes the hardest?
3: Um, Good question. Probably, dude. Probably England, man.
1: Honestly, yeah. England goes hard. Our shows in England were so badass, too, man. I mean, we played London, Liverpool, Nottingham. Um, oh, what's the other one? Um, the Steel City one, dude. I mean, uh, just a a bunch, dude. Manchester, like we played. We played every major city in England at one time or another. You know. Yeah. And I mean, we did. What's the one right above England? Is that Scotland or Ireland? Uh, I think I think it could be Ireland. I think Ireland. Uh, yeah, we flew in there the first time I went to Europe. We flew in into Ireland, and I remember being like, "It's so green. This is amazing, dude." You know, it well, might be
0: Scotland because Ireland's to the left of it, though.
1: Like okay, Scotland's the one above it, right? Or whatever. So, yeah. And yeah, and dude, and then we went there. And from England, you take the ferry, the White clips of Dover. You take that into France. And it's like a gambling cruise ship. And it's like zero degrees outside, freezing on top of that boat, you know? Jeez. And uh, we go to France. And then we go to Germany, Italy. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Czech Republic, dude. Um, how, how was the Czech show? Like, did they go nuts, too? Yeah, Czech was sick. Yeah, Czech was badass. Um, I mean, dude, we played every... Let me look at a map because we we always had to stop like by fucking Serbia, you know.
0: Yeah, I was okay um, cuz I was
3: like they were doing like, kind of sh-
0: Serbia. God, I just can imagine like you do like something wrong there they're going to like put a bag over your head.
2: Yeah, Never like you, gonna...
1: Yeah, like we're not trying to drive into like Russia, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
1: Um we did Probably one of my favorite ones, though. We did uh, like three or four times when we went to Amsterdam. Hmm. Probably one of my favorite ones, the Netherlands. So we did Spain. We did Madrid. We never did Portugal. We did France, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, Denmark, Italy.
3: Um, is Czech Republic still around or is it Chechnya? Chechnya. I don't remember. Was it the Republic back before it got changed?
1: Yeah, I still change in those, you know. But do you like Germany, dude? We did Hamburg, Hanover, Berlin, Leipzig, Dresden. Um, just like so many, dude, you know.
0: So like at this point, because I'm kind of curious, though. So like, I mean. Rock and roll thing. Did the parties get to the point where like. There's too much party. And I mean, the fact is like, dude, you're, you're going all these places. The highs are only getting higher. The Lows are probably going to happen so much, though. I mean, like, did you ever have anything like maybe like you, you got too crazy? Couldn't play a show or like, you know, any like issues where like, you know, you fumbled a song
1: or fucking blacked out on set? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I have. I've never fully blacked out when I'm playing. Like I've never woken up and been like, we played a show last night. You know, (laughs) like I've been like really hammered when we play and then like go pass out an hour later, you know, or something. But, um, yeah, one time in Bakersfield, I got too hammered as in like, I was kind of in a bad place that day. I had a lot going on. Yeah. And, um, another time it wasn't me, but
3: another member we were playing in, um,
1: Where is that place at? It's Germany. Um, it's everywhere. a really no. It's a cool um, Stuttgart.
2: That's Stuttgart. where it
1: is. Yeah, we played in stut Stuttgart. Stuttgart. It's in like the lower, it's in like the southwest part of mm-hmm. um of Germany, like right above Switzerland. And they actually beautiful fucking town, dude. If you go to Stuttgart and look at some photos, like. Stuttgart. It's amazing, dude. And they're the ones who have the, they hold the last day of Oktoberfest in Stuttgart. Oh, all, of, all of the cities have their own Oktoberfest, right? Everyone's partying. Yeah. But in Stuttgart, they were the last city with the last day. So everyone else had already packed up shop except Stuttgart. So everyone goes out for like one last day. Now we loaded into the venue and between the hours of three o'clock and eight o'clock, we were drinking at Stuttgart's Oktoberfest. And I have some really good photos of it, dude. I've posted them before, you know, of us oh, yeah. and there's a guy named Peter playing the saxophone behind us on stage. Hey. A, a massive carousel in the middle of the Oktoberfest. So you'd get on this carousel and there was a bar in the center of it. And it would like be so big by the time you spun around when you'd get off, you'd be in like a different part of the fucking Oktoberfest. With, like different vendors and stuff, you know, it was really cool. And um went there with a couple friends and you know, band members and couple of us got too hammered and fell over during the set and oh, crashed into the drum set and the cymbal cut Corey's forehead open he had to get stitches you know huh. like a couple like, things like, like was that happened like
0: to the, the show or like that happened during and he kept fucking playing and then stitches after
1: oh like first song dude like right when we started Damn. playing you know stitches like five hours later and um i don't know dude i mean not too much we would obviously drink a lot before we played but it was in ne- like Bro, we drank a lot so we could handle our booze. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'd be smashing shots and beers on stage and shit sometimes. But it was never like, it was never like where people were like really fucking up the set or anything. We would never do that. I would feel too bad for the fans who paid if we were like absolutely wasted on stage. Like that's not cool because... I've seen a lot of bands that do that and I'm always kind of disappointed. I'm like, I get it. It's a rock band, but like, at least play your guitar parts, bro. You it, know,
0: it's a job, man. It's like yeah, exactly. The least you could do is just like, show up, do it. Like, yeah.
1: yeah, dude, have to have your five or six fucking shots and go play on stage. I don't give a fuck, but don't be doing like, <laughs> don't be doing like 12 or 13. You know what I mean? Like,
0: exactly. Base it out, baby. That's, that's moderation. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or just drink beers, dude. And then when you get on stage, have a couple beers and it's nice, you know? like okay. but well, that's,
0: hey that's that's comforting though because like yeah. Yeah, i mean
1: let's it's you guys
0: still stayed humble or at least to the point where it's like hey the fans are still the most important though like it's not just like fuck them they'll buy our records oh yeah
1: whatever no way dude i owe everything to every person who's ever listened to us man and we've always been super hyper aware of that you know we've never been a band who hides during shows and doesn't hang out with the crowd and like even if people pay for like our vip to meet us before the show and like take photos and stuff that's set up like not directly by the band that's like something that companies do you know yeah, yeah and like venues do and put it on and everything and we don't really profit from that so dude like coming up at the show on um saturday mm-hmm. at roseville roseville goldfield dude it's hard to say that together
3: Roseville
1: goldfield, goldfield. is that yeah. the,
0: the venue goldfield or it's called yeah. roseville
1: goldfield well there's two goldfields there's one in downtown sack on jay and yeah. then there's one in um downtown like uh Roseville. That might so, look old town pizza and all those bars. Um it's no, it's more towards like where that giant church is on Vernon Street and like okay. all the businesses, you know? Yeah. Like Monk's Cellar and the funeral home down there by the tracks.
2: Yeah. Okay, okay.
1: It's on that side of it. And um Yeah, dude. I mean, I'll be at the merch table all day talking to people, you know.
0: Good heck yeah. So that's like, gonna be
1: this Saturday? Yes.
0: This Saturday, Roseville, Roseville
1: Goldfield. What October fifteenth. October fifteenth, in case this podcast airs a different day from now. But yeah, so October fifteenth. The there's five bands playing. We're headlining. Uh, one of my best friend Dan, his band in Chaos is opening. They're a really good band, hardcore band. And um I think the doors, I'm guessing, are probably around five or six, you know, we probably play around nine thirty. Okay. I don't know for sure, but Tickets for 25 bucks, you know, it's hey, a good that's deal. A good deal. And, you know, obviously, if you
0: haven't fallen in love with uh, the demand that I'm interviewing right now, uh, you know, you probably will when you get to see him live, though. Fucking I'm actually excited when you guys come to Portland. That's going to be a super fun show. Get yeah, right that's
1: out. that's the next week. Or wait, it's no, it's San November. Diego's the next week. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're I good. have you're San good. Diego the following week on the 22nd and then October 4th or sorry, November 4th. OK. Is that when Portland is? Yeah, it's two weeks later. So in the next four weeks, we have three shows on weekends. Which is just insane. Cause I remember even, I think, was it were you in New York, or you just
0: posted a picture when you were
1: in New York? Um, yeah, I was in New York a couple of weeks ago. We um and I just posted a photo I found, you know, from it. But yeah, we've done like Swan Fest in SAC, we've done Texas, we've done New York, New Jersey, which
0: I feel pretty sick because I mean like you're, you're coming back and all these fans you had all this. Does it kind of feel like in the beginning when you guys were touring the fact like, oh, wow, we have our audience here. The people who want to see us are so just pumped
1: to see us and like everyone's having a good time. Yeah, dude, it's definitely a blast from the past for sure. And seeing old faces, people that like we made friends playing all these cities a lot, you know. So when we were going to New York, I have the same four or five people I'd hit up to hang out or whatever, you know, exactly. and um some of those people are still around you know they might even live in different states now but we are in touch and they come out to shows you know that's so sick that's so, so cool man. so it's cool man yeah it's definitely cool it's um something i'm happy we're doing and i'm glad i'll get to you know have this memory as well right
0: yeah i know so that I, I mean the fact that you were able to go to so many countries and see and do so many places like that's I can only dream there. I think I the only place I've really gone to is like Mexico on a mission trip, and uh, it's a little bit different than what, <laughs> what you've done, just a little bit.
3: Yeah, Mexico's sick though. Oh,
0: absolutely. I, love Mexico. I, I just, yeah. man, I wouldn't mind doing some uh, world touring down there for sure. But yeah, so, I just so, don't get go cartelled. Oh man, because I just right. don't
3: fucking run down the wrong road nowadays.
0: You know, <laughs> I don't want to get into that. But uh, no so. I something I've always wondered <laughs> yeah. though is. So it was like you got you did three albums with a Skylet Drive.
3: Four. Four. I did four
1: actually. Yeah. Because uh, one of us was an EP. I think I right? said three earlier. Yeah. I think I said three earlier, but it was three full links and an EP, correct?
0: Right, right. Right. What happened to basically get you out of the band? Like what happened to Skylet? Was it just you? Was it other members?
1: No. I mean, I don't know really. It was 2012 summertime. We were on the Motel 6 tour. It was like us, Suicide Silence. Dance Gavin Dance, um Winds of Plague. There's a ton of really good bands on it. Actually, that seems like a, the perfect played, place
0: for for your band. Like, I would think that like, could be thing. You guys made more tickets there than other con, uh, other tours.
1: Oh yeah, it was a huge thing, and I I always liked not being the headliner because you get to play to so many new fans, and you get to get out of there early. You know, yeah. you need to get done and hang out for a couple hours because it's different than like waiting around the whole day to play. You know. Exactly. And um yeah, we were in um we had done a few shows down south, I think in Arizona, maybe, and
3: we were coming up through Reno. And mm-hmm. in Reno, um, I I was like partying pretty hard and stuff, and we just kinda decided
1: it was time for me to go. And I went to um an outpatient rehab center the couple like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. I flew to my girlfriend Lynn's house in Oakland. Her her parents were really wealthy, and they had a big mansion up in the Oakland Hills, like, overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge and stuff. Oh, wow. And so I hung out there for two weeks, and um, you know, she just listened to me bitch and complained the whole time, basically. Yeah, so I went to um to the outpatient program for, like, two months, and I had a pretty cool therapist, and we were talking about things, and she was like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And band provide that? And I was like, no, because the band was kind of going like not as good as it was before, right? Mm. So it wasn't really like, weren't, like we weren't making
0: video game soundtracks anymore, or any like kind of fun shit like that.
1: Yeah, we'd kind of plateaued for a while, you know, and that was just part of the the band chemistry was kind of headed towards
3: a breakup, anyways. Mm. I was just the first one to get out of there, and right. then, um, yeah, I, I ended up writing a letter to quit the band, and.
1: Then they kicked me out when I was going to give them the letter. Weirdly enough, so it was pretty much a mutual breakup at that okay. point. You know,
2: well, that's good. I was like,
1: "Cool, I'm down." You know, and um yeah, from there, dude. I while I was in rehab, I started working at a bar, which was highly advised against while I was in rehab. <laughs>
3: because yeah, you I was like basically <laughs>
0: in the belly of the beast at that
1: point. Yeah, I was bartending, dude, from six p.m. to two p.m. every day, dude. Eight hours behind a bar, you know.
3: And, and oh, I rough. actually
1: didn't, and I actually didn't drink, dude. I, I ended up going like,
3: like uh, I don't know, a couple months. I can't remember the exact day. I think I was in the 60s for days sober, you know.
2: Mm.
3: And
1: uh, my girlfriend at the time was moving to England. I had <laughs> left the band. there was just a lot going on, you know. And I started boozing again, you know, and. <laughs> yeah but i was but at this point i was also enrolled in college i had two jobs i worked at Vans and at the bar so i was so busy that like i wasn't boozing like how i was boozing when i was playing music yeah and it was it was getting bad you know i've always been off and on a drinker and stuff so but um yeah then i ended up just uh dude going to school got a job at apple got a house with some friends and then was just living the life i still did music you know still did bands I still recorded but I was still like did shows here and there
0: that life like fulfilling I mean like I, I can't imagine going from like rock and roll stardom to like I don't want to say like you're back with the normies but I mean like you're kind of you're working a job you're going to school you're like you know doing regular people shit I mean did did any of it like bother you or did any of your like wish that you could do something else or I mean you said you were still making music um,
3: yeah, the one time I felt
1: bothered was when I went to work at Apple, and I saw this one section of the warehouse that was this repetitious pulling tickets and slapping them on boxes, mm-hmm. and you just do that for like eight hours. And they told me that's like the section I was going to be in, mm-hmm. and I literally like had to step outside and call my friend who got me a job, and I was like, I can't rip tickets, bro. And he was like, just tell him that like you can't. You want to do something else, you know. And i ended up talking to one of the bosses there about music for a while and he automatically put me in his section oh, and yeah. it was so sick dude i was just doing apple care stuff for ipads and apple watches and i just sat down had a bunch of computers in front of me and i would scan stuff inspect phones and it was actually a pretty cool job i liked doing it and no, I- so i did have that one freak out that i was like i cannot rip tickets bro now there's nothing wrong with that if that's your job but for for me coming from like touring the world i was like to me it was like i Genius. I to say it, it's like I had died and gone to hell for a second, dude, is how I was thinking of it. I was like, there's no way that I can do this eight hours a day, you know? Well so have and, you ever um, got
0: to that place when you were doing the tickets or no, you were able to pull up like leave way before that to happen.
3: Yeah, no, I didn't have a problem with transitioning from, you know,
1: domesticated to feral or whatever you wanna call my life situation, you know. But it, for me, I kind of, like, embraced the challenge of going to school and college and work. And, like, and I was only, like, 25 at the time. It's not like I was too old or anything, you know? Okay, yeah. And um, 26, maybe. And it was fun, dude. But I, I do know, like, a lot of my friends that I've been in bands with or in bands now that have toured their whole adulthood. You know, mm. they're in their 30s trying to get their first job, you know?
3: Ouch. And yeah, it's a imagine. slippery
1: slope because you don't have any. You have high school experience, dude. You're in your thirties. You toured the world, made hundreds of thousands of dollars, but now that's over. So it's like, what do you do? And I, do you know, they fight like depression, dude, like drinking and stuff, because it's just such a weird, like, cage in an animal, you know?
3: Exactly. Like it's
1: like, dude, this guy was free for 10 12 years, all over the world, doing what he wanted to, playing in front of thousands of people, and now you're like trying to work at like a you know what i mean do you like want with that uber kind of thing yeah yeah dude or like i don't know yeah it's just different you know and i think though that once you get in a job it's like dude i don't know i feel blessed to work. i'm like i get the ability to work it's not that oh i have to go to work in the morning it's like hey i get to go to work and make money that's my mindset now you know
3: that's a good a mindset and, to
1: have yeah and you definitely got to have hobbies and shit man like if you do music like work and buy a computer and teach yourself to record and put out songs for streaming. You can still do music, you know, like it's so easy to do it. Now you can still play shows on weekends. Like I'm currently doing, you know,
3: absolutely. So yeah. it's
1: not too bad, but you gotta have a strong mind for it because band members are, you know, we have a huge ego and we're sensitive and we're, you know, there's so many things that go into it. I think living that life,
2: absolutely. so it's, it's
1: really hard for some, but, but not for your boy, dude.
2: Well, and that's kind of what I want to point out. though. So <laughs> yeah.
1: uh,
0: the question I asked though was like, did so did you ever end up slapping tickets? Like, did you have a day of slapping tickets or you got to get a job like a, a different job way before you had to actually slap tickets?
1: I never slapped tickets, dude. That you know, same day that I had my nervous breakdown about it. 30 minutes later, I was in a spot that I loved. I got lucky, you know?
0: I, well, that's what I'm saying. I can't tell if it's just you got insane luck or insane charisma because it's just like you just seem to like, if you get the opportunity to just talk to somebody, doors open. It just, it just seems to happen. And that's, I mean, Ben, you can't pay for that kind of luck right there.
3: Yeah, maybe it's luck. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's God. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just my, my
1: path, you know? just happens for me like that i i get lucky with stuff i do i've wow. had so many random jobs that i've loved doing you know and you no know, yeah i think i just i don't know i put in the work though i apply for crazy amounts of jobs do interviews i'm really good at interviewing i've like really never been turned down for a job before
2: right
1: so like i don't know i have i do have luck on my side with that i believe
0: and you know and i do know that you're driven i remember when we we're at the call center i mean dude, you were like slamming calls like you were slamming beers I mean, you were just like okay next like 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 i remember you just looking at me and you're like this chick will not stop talking like get off my phone like i'm trying to get my metrics man and you slam calls and the next thing you know you've got a what you like a lead basically a lead reviewer
3: yeah i went to i went to um
1: started off there went to risk and then i started doing like training stuff and then i went
3: to quality lead yeah
0: which is like insane man i mean yeah, it's like, definitely a good like kind of a what's the word a glow up like just like a good, good little promotional <laughs> uh status there also, yeah dude
3: i'm not yeah go ahead
0: i was just gonna say i'm getting ahead of myself though so you came back you're going to school you went to rehab i mean did you even well we could talk about two things. We can go down more about like the rehab part, like how that went. Or did you maybe want to talk about kind of like more jobs or kind of like where we ended up working together, like maybe the jobs you had to get there? What do you want to talk about? Yeah,
3: I mean, I think that the jobs I had
1: were ones that I kind of just like created, man. I'd find one I liked. I tried sales. I tried warehouse jobs. I was at the post office for a while. I had a really good future there if I wanted a full-blown career, you know? have like federal retirement and stuff but i just couldn't i couldn't do it man I, I did it for like a year or two and was like this is not for me my whole life you know i was like i can find something that i hate a little less than this you know to yeah. to pass the time i hated it man
0: you couldn't call and in, um
1: no if you did it was um you had to have your union represent you they tried to suspend you it was like they they don't have anyone to deliver mail It a 75 percent turnaround for every hundred people that become mail carriers, at least seventy-five quit in the first couple of weeks. That's, That's how hard the insane. job actually is. Crazy. Yeah, sounds easy. Oh, mailman just goes around and drops off mail. Yeah, go do it. You know, try exactly. walking seventeen miles a day when it's hundred and ten outside and people are calling you yelling at you because you're walking too slow. It's it's not very fun. You know exactly. And um, I don't know, dude. And I like the VoxPro job. I loved to be a manager there and continue working there. I could see myself there long term. You know. And, and then uh yeah. COVID shut it down. I yes, was in line man. to apply for the next manager position it was supposed to open in a few weeks. You know it's and, shit, I had, and like sucks. Been...
0: you probably would have got it. Like you just like had to run right on a clout where they probably would have gave it to you. Like, he's nice, he's great, he's hard working. Can't possibly see a reason why not to so.
3: shit, Yeah, man. and that would have been a good um, huge pay raise as well.
1: So it was nice, you know. And I always think, like, it doesn't matter if you're slinging burgers or bagging groceries or slapping tickets. I feel like if you're just the best at it, like, they recognize and you move up, you know. I'm never one to try to sit in the same position forever. Like, I always got to be, like, like going upward, you know. That's kind of how my mindset is. I can't just sit here and do the same shit every day.
2: No way.
0: Absolutely. Because, I mean, like I said, it's something where you don't stay so stagnant. You're in there, you know. Um, Okay, so we got to Vox Pro. You're working there. You're busting it out. Uh, I'm kind of always been curious, though. Like, like we COVID shut that down. Whatever happened to the original Skylit Drive? Like, I mean, you left. Did the band just carry on? Like, what happened with, with, with them?
1: Yeah, so they carried on in like a year later to the drummer and bass player quit. They replaced basically all three of us at that point. And the only original member was Nick Miller because Jag, the singer, He wasn't even an original member he didn't do the first record and we had wrote the whole second record before he joined it you know and so when he came in we like changed up some vocal parts and basically the whole band wrote all the vocal parts so he didn't really come into like the third record per se with like writing or doing anything Mm -hmm. but um the yeah the band just kept going and then it didn't one day some things happened and they called it quits and then Uh, you know, I don't know, five, six years goes by, seven, six years, five years goes by. Mm -hmm. And when COVID happened, we had all these offers for, this was like 2019 or 20. Um, We had all these offers for reunion shows, making a decent amount. And so we got on the phone with each other and we're like, hey, let's do this. You know, we all agreed and kind of decided to put the past behind us. Not everyone had a great relationship in the band, you know. Right. but we were like hey we could do this and it'll mean something and it'll be fun you know we'll get back to why we wanted to do music in the first place and then covid happened right before we were gonna announce the shows unfortunately and all the shows got dropped and so we were like damn it dude and then covid happened i had a kid you know um What's i was actually supposed to crazy bro i was yeah i was supposed to go on my like fraternity leave whatever um three days after it closed down. So when when they, when they let us all go, you know, the whole department or whatever, mm-hmm. like I was like, are you kidding me? I was supposed to be on a six-month vacation three days from then, you know?
3: Hey, and I was like, dang, yeah.
1: whatever. Yeah, and um, thankfully though, you know, God works in crazy ways. Um, COVID, with COVID pay and unemployment, I was actually making more money than I would have on the leave. So oh, I wow. made like, and I was making like three hundred more dollars a week, dude. Because COVID pay, I was like a dang near like a thousand dollars a week at that point from the COVID pay and the exactly. unemployment, you know. So it was pretty, it was pretty good money. I won't complain on a thousand dollars take home, you know, ever. And um yeah, dude. And then fast forward, you know, year and a half goes by. Hey, the shows are back up. We just got a text message one day, you know. Hey, they still want to have you guys, you know. We're working on new venues because some have closed down, whatnot. We got back on the horn. Everyone wanted to do it, you know. And um that's pretty much it, man. We made all new social medias because the um, old singer, of the band, kind of uh, tried to take over everything and keep it going, even though he wasn't an original member at all, you know. Mm. So we're dealing with a little bit of um, with a little bit of paperwork on that side of things still. That's just taking forever it's unfortunate
0: i um, still people are with selfish
1: it? like that yeah dude yeah it's um some people just i don't know man it's just their like mindset to be like super annoying and like crooked you know what i mean so I mean, it, it makes kind of
0: sense because like he didn't like this is all he had and even though it wasn't didn't belong to him of course he wants it because it's his he wants to you know hold on to as much as he, he can thinks, because he knows it's not his so that's probably why he's holding on to it Yeah. Anymore.
1: Yeah, it's literally just like stealing shit from people. Like we started a band tour the United States, put out records, but got signed before he was even in it. But instead of just like blowing it up or anything like that, we just kind of let the fans know, like, hey, you know, we know everyone. There's a situation going on. We don't really want to get into the details, and we will when the time comes, blow the lid off everything. You know.
2: There you go. So
1: that's um, that's that'll be a fun one for a rainy day when we're able to do that. You know, but. For now, it's just all new social medias. They're blowing up again. Our merch sales are blowing up. We have a new online store. All the shows have been massive. Like, if like our first show back, Swan Fest at um, Cal Expo, yeah, um, we we played on the small stage, and there was a massive stage on the soccer field. You know, and our crowd went from past the parking lot from the small stage halfway back into the soccer field on the other shit. stage.
3: That's so there was
1: pro, there was probably like six or seven thousand. There for our first show back, you know, which was amazing. Couldn't have asked for a better one, you know, and the crowd, there's like people crying and shit when we walked out. It was crazy, dude.
3: And, um, I had the best videos too, but my Instagram got deleted. So, fucking Instagram, dude.
1: You know, had the name Joseph Stalin for 13 years, and then I get, you know, some inciting terrorism fucking thing because. All these Russian dudes were writing me asking me to buy my name off of me, because I got jo- the funny. day Instagram the day Instagram dropped, 30 minutes later, I'd made a screen a name already on the app, you know, so I picked Joseph Stalin, which was mind-blowing that I even got it then. you know, That's and, how
0: funny that. And a bunch of like Russian shit posters want it from me. It's like, come on, man please, oh, give dude. me, give me, give me, give me, give me.
1: There's these like, you know how like Germans have like neo-Nazi punk rock bands. Yeah. there's like russian like stalin punk rock bands right i can see that it. are like you know hammer and sickle fucking people and like they would all write me you don't deserve the fucking name we're coming for it and I'm, I'm guessing they just kept reporting me over and over and over again or something until i got deleted you know right and a few minutes later i tried to get the name back and it said someone else had already had it <laughs> you right. know it Whoa. sent it sent like I said, it sent like login was sent to this phone number and it was some plus
3: 8901B phone number thing, you know. And I was like, oh, bummer. I had all my kids birth stuff on there, all the shows we were just doing, you oh, know, man, but brutal.
1: Yeah, but it's okay. I got a new one. I don't know. I honestly don't really care about social media that much. It's fun to look back on sometimes, but oh, yeah, I, I didn't really break my heart too much or anything, you know.
0: I mean, and it's just that you have to have that mindset because again, like you can't do anything about it so it's just you know well, yeah either gonna to... get
1: over it or die mad exactly. <laughs> you know
0: yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: fucking hey, man so i mean uh and you had a very recent show by the way i think it was like roseville how did that show go?
3: yeah that was on october 15th last saturday um it was massive dude it was like
1: the first time we played that venue and the crowd was insane once again like the I mean, everything down to, like, the staff at that show, how they treated us, like, everything was so nice. The sound guy was the best sound guy I've ever had at a venue who doesn't, like, work for your band. The sound was amazing. Wow. Um, everything went super smooth, man. It was just loaded with people. And this, this, I was, I'm smiling the whole time. Like, if you look up videos of it, I have a smile on my face because the crowd's singing so loud, you can't even hear a singer most of the time.
2: <laughs> it's just, like,
1: one, it was, like, one giant gang vocal the whole set, you know?
2: That's gotta feel great. So
1: that was, yeah, that was amazing, man. And we got um, we're playing on Saturday, this coming up Saturday the twenty second, I believe it is, in um, San Diego at Brick by Brick, which the band As I Lay Dying actually owns the venue. They built it, so it's wow. like a really that's insane. venue built for bands and like everything about it's like band related. You know, like it's like a gigantic stage. It's Azalea huge. Dying, it's like
0: isn't that the band where the lead singer like put a hit on his wife
3: yeah yeah unfortunately (laughs) he made a bad decision a long time ago you know i i
1: I think he was like maybe not sober and did that and you know something it just you know unfortunate turn of events because that dude has came out to watch us all the time in san diego growing up playing shows and stuff and like always been a nice dude to me you know exactly so i don't really know what was going on but
0: well, you know <laughs> yeah. i um should happens sometimes i'm gonna edit this part out hey joey uh, we got like maybe like 10 minutes yeah. left um okay can you maybe not uh can you not click the mouse just because like i can edit it when you're not talking but when you are talking it's going to pretty much stay there
3: oh sorry let me close this window because they're sending
0: me stuff to do on the computer no no there. it's it's fine and i feel bad because like, i don't want you to be like hey stop working but like it there's gonna be some mouse clicks on the the record. I just figured like, hey, might as well have at least the like, last ten minutes like mouse free clicks. Okay.
3: No worries. At least the first part doesn't.
0: <laughs> well, fine. it. It. You know what? Again, it
3: doesn't matter. Uh, okay. Right. If you're good, you good? Yeah, we're good.
0: Have you ever seen Tiger King? Yes. Like all the way, like front to back of just at least the first season.
3: Yeah, I've seen every bit of it, every so- episode, every second.
0: So, I mean, and this goes back to the As L.A. Dying lead singer, though. I mean, like you said, though, was it in the right of mind? Yeah, a little bit of substance abuse, though. I think it was just a situation where it's like he was talking about it or thinking about it. And fortunately, when he was talking and thinking about it, met with the wrong people. Like, uh, what what's his fucking name? Like, I already forgot it. You know, uh, like, Gay uh, Flair. Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic, yeah, the whole like, yeah, I want to yeah. kill Carol Baskins though, and he's talking about it and stuff was happening, and then you know, next thing you know, cops got involved, and then you know, people get involved, and then we're well, serving jail time. You know? So it it is unfortunate, but I mean that 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 does suck, especially when you have like that good, uh, like is do you think he's gonna be there or is he
3: like still in jail? No, no, he hasn't been in jail in a long time. He's been I out know. for years. You um, think he's gonna be there? Yeah, at the show? dude i don't know
1: i'm not sure he used to come out to the soma so the soma was a big venue they had a small room and a big room we usually played the big room and um just an amazing venue dude just one gigantic open room you know and then there was a lobby sort of like a movie theater in the front where all you set up all the merch i love that venue and um he'd always be there dude i wouldn't see him we'd be playing He'd standing side stage you know by the time we were done usually and yeah, I don't know who's it's going to come out, man. We haven't really played too many shows in the last 15 years with this lineup. So we don't, I haven't known what to expect for any show so far. I've wondered if there's going to be 30 people there or 800 people there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't really know. So, and I'm not getting updates on like ticket sales and stuff. And we don't have a huge social media following because we had to make new social media accounts. So it's really yeah. just word of mouth. It's, like, damn near pop-up shows, but there's, like, a flyer at the venue, you know? Yeah. Right. And, um, dude, so far, I mean, shit, like I was saying earlier, New Jersey, New York, just, like, cracking. I didn't hear from one person. They were coming out to the show or write me, and then there's hundreds of people there, you know, singing along and stuff. So Incredible. So, it's been pretty good so far. Fingers yeah, crossed.
0: Fingers. Yeah, exactly. The San Diego show is going to be big. And then uh, anything else after San Diego, any other shows?
1: Yeah, Portland, Oregon on Friday. The fourth.
0: Oh, shit. That's right. Okay. Yeah.
1: I so, in like two weeks three from weeks. this Friday. Yeah. So, we got the show. Then we have like a two week break in the last show of the, the reunion run. And that one will be good. I already know there's a couple hundred pre sale for that one. I did get an update on that show. So, that show should be slammed. And a guy I'm in another band with named Theron, he's going to be mm-hmm. there too. He's going to be shooting photos of us. He's a good photographer, you know. So that one should be awesome.
2: I'm dude, this is so
0: exciting. I mean, you got the kid, the resurgence of the band. It sounds like everyone's kind of like at least a little bit like better mindsets, but more older, more mature, maybe not partying so hard as much.
3: Yeah, dude. So, yeah, me and Nick are sober. Jordan, sober. Um,
1: Corey and Brian, they still, you know, drink a little bit here and there, but majority of it's pretty good nowadays, you know, and it hasn't been that way this whole run, but. I think this being in being in your 30s and like having a family and a job and touring, it's something that none of us had ever done before. Changes you, so I think it it takes a little bit to adapt because we wanted to go straight back into our young 20s. You got the gang back together, you know, exactly. And it's like, hey, we're all having fun. Shit starts getting a little out of hand, and I mean, I have the word party tattooed on the side of my head, you know. So <laughs> I definitely definitely like to go pretty hard, but it's uh it's fun, man. I had my first Stone Cold sober show. Nothing before or after uh last Saturday, you know. How was that? It, uh was fucking boy like I don't want to say boring because I really had the time of my life at the show, but it was like hard for me to get going socially. It was. Because yes. everyone's asking me to do shots and hey, come smoke this, whatever. You know, I'm like, nope, can't do it.
0: Can't do it. Straight and, edge. Bro. Uh,
1: Sorry. Yeah, basically, dude straight edge and uh yeah, I sold merch the whole time, dude. So I just figured I'd, I'd, you know, be productive and get shit done. I sat at the merch table from the time the doors opened mm-hmm. till the time I got on stage, you know. And I sold oh. the shit out of merch. Hell yeah. Got to meet everyone, too. So I'm sitting there and there by myself pretty much most of the time, you know, and just talking to so many fans and shit. And it was so much fun. It was different. That's how I would say it. It's, it was a different experience than, like, running to the bar every 10 minutes with a fan to slam a beer. You know what I mean? So. Right playing sober like you're hyper aware out. too yeah i was like i never blacked out before i played definitely after every day <laughs> but yeah. um not before that's for sure
0: well so and and one thing i've always kind of been like fascinated with though because same thing I, I i've stopped marijuana i think this is six weeks so i gotta i gotta remember the date but uh, it's, it's been some time and it's just the whole like experiencing something like just sober with nothing and it, it it's kind of like i imagine with alcohol makes things more fun, makes boring people more entertaining, you just get, you know, a bit more zeal. I mean, when you were on that stage and the same audience impact, they were singing, you know, the, their, your songs were just loud as they can, though. And just, did that energy feel the same or did it feel better because you had nothing enhancing that?
3: I think it was better for me with my awareness of what was going on with the crowd. Um
1: I always have an amazing, fun time on stage, regardless of what's going on. But I think with this one, it, I I definitely wasn't thinking about like, oh, I wish I was drunk. Like that never crossed my mind or anything. But I think I was more like in the zone with the crowd. And when I'm playing, when I've been drinking, I'm more in the zone with myself. Mm. You know what I mean? so i'm more aware of like oh what move am i going to do here when am i going to run across the stage it, but then like when i was sober it was more like just singing along with the crowd the whole time and like con like making eye contact with people and like in between songs like shooting the shit with people you know what i mean yeah and when like i'd be when i'd be hammered you know it would just be like you know play the song try to look as cool as possible and then tune and get ready for the next song while I'm slamming an entire beer in between
3: songs, every song, you know. Dude. So, oh yeah, dude, your boy can put it down, man. But yeah. it was, uh, it was a good time. I'm looking forward
1: to more sober shows. I wish I would have done it earlier, you know.
0: Maybe
3: you're but, just starting it now.
1: Happens for a reason.
0: Hindsight's yeah. always fifty-fifty, uh, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but hey, I mean, like you know, it's so ex- exciting. You got San Diego, San Diego coming up. That was uh, you said this Saturday.
3: Yeah, this Saturday, October twenty second, twenty second, two thousand twenty two,
0: and then yeah. on the fourth of November. If anyone wants to fly up to Portland, say hi to me, or more importantly, see a Skylit drive with the original members, uh, that's when you can come yep. uh, support out the show. So, man, it's, this is this has been so exciting. Just kind of like, thank you for always talent, like like showing me kind of like where we got to here. Because I mean, again, humble beginnings, going from just like riding a car with you, talking shit about. Conspiracy theories flat earth to
1: the earth is uh, flat yeah absolutely mm. <laughs> not it fucking is, going dude. it's gotten flatter it's gotten flatter lately dude, it's gotten bro, flatter
0: you think it's got so flat yeah. that it's almost bending at this point that's now it's like
1: concave dude
0: mm. yeah okay
1: it's which would almost make it round right it's i was just, just gonna so say flat, like it's, it's just... gonna turn into a
3: circle Nah, this shit's flat but that's a podcast for another time i don't want to you know make I don't want to convert everyone.
0: Yeah, because we got to talk about that and Scientology, and just like again, it's just it's so much to discuss, though. But again, just kind of seeing where you came from with a skylit, though. It's um,
3: just thank you, thank you again, Joey. You're welcome, man. Hey, um, I've had a blast. I love talking about myself.
0: <laughs> I'm, hey, you know what? And uh, the listeners like hearing it, so uh, you're definitely doing uh, good things for both. You know, I kind of like to end this with like a kind of like a little uh, little message or a little like uh, word of advice. I mean, I guess my. i got two questions for you is what mm-hmm. advice would you give kind of young and upcoming artists that like want Don't. to get that big, yeah. like, want to get there, but, you know, maybe some things blocking them, you know, who knows? Like, but yeah, what would you, would you give it for the younger artists that are listening or people have been doing it a while and still haven't made it big?
3: Um, I would say,
1: be careful who handles things with your band, like managers, booking agents and money. That's a big one. And make sure people who are helping you out are in it for the right reasons, not just for money. And I'd also say, learn how to record music as good as you possibly can, because it's a good side job to have while you're in a band. You can work at home while being creative. But I'd also say like, just be cool to fans man. don't get too fucked up at shows lay off the drugs and booze until you make it huge, you know, make it your reward, I guess is a good way to exactly. think. The, I think Tom Petty said it. He said, you can't use and abuse while you're coming up, man. You got to wait till you're famous to do that. You know, <laughs> otherwise it won't work. And I was like, hell yeah.
0: And then petty. pull a Farley and just like but, um, party too hard. And like. You know,
1: yeah. You and don't know. want to do that either there. I mean, you know, it just depends. I don't party anymore because I can't, but I think that, I think it's it kind of comes with the territory being advanced so you got to be really careful and cognizant of that you know It's easy to get wrapped up in it
0: oh, absolutely but yeah I think I it's not just fans either keep practicing i think comedians know can it's do any, it i think like any type of like when you're dealing with people and you're entertaining though but bars that kind of um environment though it can creep really easily
3: it is anything
1: with crowds dude or high energy high energy environments, so or like a lot of people a lot of energy like you're saying like think that that has to that that energy creates some type of crazy party atmosphere it's hard for people to lay off of it but one more thing i would tell people keep practicing writing music don't learn songs all day and other band songs learn how to play your instrument and just start writing music be creative make it your thing that's what i did worked out okay
0: i think and you know funny the second question i was going to ask i think you've already answered it is what advice would you give young joey if you could now but i mean i think everything still applies you would tell young joey the same thing of like hey here's what's going on watch out for that new lead singer kind of shit but yeah it sounds like it all matches up
3: yeah some things you can't predict you know and that's okay too it's you
1: gotta what did buddha say um without suffering there can never be happiness right so it's a necessary part of life so i think you're no matter what you do young joey would tell me all these things to do and maybe shit wouldn't have worked out the same way you know maybe I had to go through the bad stuff sometimes sometimes you can't avoid it but you just keep pushing man don't never get down on yourself you know
0: it's a good mindset to have well you know this is uh and then here's another thing I wish to figure out like how to like end these things because like you know like like last episode I I, we me and a person saying like Africa by Toto and it was just like as cringy as you can possibly imagine so like
3: I'm trying oh, to think like no, how, dude.
0: how uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you do like that Jimmy Kimmel like car karaoke thing. I'm just trying to, like what what you know.
1: Why don't you fade out with like the Barney theme song real quick or like the Mister Rogers one while we're saying these things?
0: I I'll I'll try. I don't know if I could get the rights to this though, but um,
1: just get some goofy free song that sounds like a kids show.
0: Goodbye They're for out there. now, Aviator i um, uh, Yeah. I don't even know that song. I, You know what, I just but, try and just, yeah, there you go.
1: It's all good. Also, a simple goodbye, a, a konichiwa, you know, it's okay. a hello and a goodbye. Maybe you just say bye there.
0: It's like uh, aloha, you know, it's hello and goodbye, yeah. which actually I don't even know if that's true. I just, I saw it so many times on like TV or like Lilo and Stitch. I was like, yeah, it must be. Okay, let's let's end this. We'll, okay. we'll both say konichiwa and... Then we'll we'll bid adieu to the audience. Alright? Well
3: Alright, one, two, three. Konichiwa. Konichiwa, bitches. Guys,
0: okay. I've been Tristan. This is my friend Joey. And you've been listening to another Ooh. extraordinary person with an ordinary story. I think I got Thanks, that wrong, dude. but you know, whatever. <laughs> Alright. All right. <laughs> it's Bye. your own show. Exactly. We're rings. Good.
3: Alright. Bye. <laughs>